Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. The Savachi syndrome, I'm telling you, I'm like, well, holy shit, that was crazy. Wait for it. Thick and slick. <laughs> What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show, and we have reached another milestone here. We are on episode 200, so for any of our longtime listeners, thank you for joining us again. Once again, I am your host, Travis, and yes, we are with no full video feed at this point. Uh, we are still... The studio is a work in progress here. We're getting a lot closer, but it's still a work in progress. So before we get started, I uh, just want to thank our sponsors. So first off, our presenting sponsors, Energy Fuel, the best fucking drink out there. Keep yourself fueled, energized, and strong from start to finish. Pick yours up today at CoachRobStore.com. Also, thanks to Premier Custom Trailers. If you need a trailer, commercial or residential, Premier Custom Trailers has what you need. They work with the best manufacturers in the industry and specialize in all your trailer needs. Sales, service, parts, or rentals, they do it all. Make sure to check them out at PremierCustomTrailers.com, located five minutes south of Kalamazoo on US-131 in Schoolcraft, Michigan. They put the custom in customer service. Also, our final presenting sponsor, TLR Coatings, Michigan's number one custom powder coating shop. From two-tone wheels to motorcycle frames to small batch production jobs, TLR Coatings will powder coat anything metal the right way. If you're looking for some custom Cerakoting, they do that too. TLR Coatings serving Southwest Michigan and surrounding areas for over five years. Check them out at TLRCoatings.com or on all the major social media networks at TLR Coatings, including TikTok. Also on board with us here, Alias Sport, Holster Co., Dirt Bike Depot, JT Cycle, Adept Creative Co., Gutterworks, Isaac Nelson Designs, and Clutch Media. Links in the description below, discounts in the description below to all that stuff. So make sure to check all of those out. Um, if you want to buy some merch, you want to check out or you want to buy some Amazon stuff and help us out or you want to support us on Patreon, there are links in the description for all of that. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment and share. Help us get out there. We are picking up some numbers here. So that's a major positive. And uh, don't forget, for those of you watching on YouTube, if you want to listen to the full three-hour show without having to keep your YouTube playing in the background, we do have podcast the full podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all of the above. We have a jam-packed 200th show tonight. Got two of my normal co-hosts in studio with me. We have uh, Coach Rob coming up. We have Eric Grandall from Adept Creative Co. coming up. We've got Kevin Morans coming up to talk about his race. And uh, we are going to kind of wrap up the Denver race, which there's not... Uh, there's some stuff to talk about, but not a ton, so that'll be short. And then... For everyone who's been around this week, everybody knows it's been a big, big news week here. So we've got a couple couple other things to talk about. Where did the camera go? Uh, well, am I, am I live here? Yeah. yeah where, where's the camera at? Well, your boy here's a spode. was going to clip some clip some stuff, and uh, the battery's dead. So hopefully one of wow. these might might work on it. Wow. For, we'll worry about that in a little intermission. All right. Uh, first up here, my two co-hosts in studio, normal co-host, OG, been back here the entire time. 
The one, the only, Justin. Hi, buddy. What's going on, bud? You got a haircut, and I'm pumped about it. That was last week. That's old news. Damn, you're you did. You're presentable now, though. Thank I can, you. like, actually show you off to ladies who might be looking for a pure blood man, and, uh, you know, maybe they'll say, huh, okay, you know? Uh, right. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway. His Tinder bio says specializes in flying Ws. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Kimmy Granger. Kimmy Granger. Uh, also in studio with me here. He is super cross only. We will not be introducing him to any single ladies because number one, he's taken and number one with that fucking porn stash he's got going on. There isn't a one of them that's going to look at him anyway. He is the one and only Cole Ugetti. Hi, Cole. What's up? You guys ain't feeling the stash? No. I mean, it's well, a little pedo. I mean, it's getting cut off before the work week. This is kind of a weekend only kind of thing. Oh. Um, you did not grow that in one weekend. Listen, so I <laughs> had, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be real honest, real honest with you. You're going to be like, what the fuck? But here's the story of my mustache. So I was, I went riding yesterday, Battle Creek. Okay. Riding season, son. This is why Supercross only is a thing because I'm out riding a lot. <sighs> But I do. I will be here for some outdoor shows. Don't worry. You gonna oh, do the outdoor boy. preview show? I do. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, <laughs> Duh. <laughs> went riding, um, and then my buddy actually had a gender reveal party, so we were going over there doing that thing, and he was like, went straight there from the track. So still had the bikes loaded, all that bullshit, and uh, all my boys were like, "Damn, you look pretty good with a mustache." You know what I'm saying? You should. All the boys told you that. I mean, <laughs> oh god. I mean, there weren't a lot of ladies there. It was all pretty much all the boys. All the homies. That. All the homies were like, "Dude, you should get a fuck." I want to hang out with your to- homies. Were they intoxicated when they said this? Uh, maybe a little bit of a buzz. Okay. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't, don't want to hang out with your homies because this doesn't sound like it's going down a good path. Anyway, here. anyway, they were like, "Mustache right for everybody." In, <laughs> you should cut in a stash, bro. That thing's looking pretty mean. I was like, you know what? I should. So I went and uh, and I was freezing my ass off. So I went and unloaded the bikes, got all that done, stopped at home real quick. And I'm taking a leak over the toilet. I'm like, there's my trimmer right there staring at me. Manscaped? So, so no, nope. I got a wall, all aluminum boy. Huh, all right. I need to get a manscape for the, for the old. They don't sponsor us yet, so we can't buy them. I mean, man, we can send a resume in. We maybe. can send a resume. Yeah, sure. They might. They're sponsoring a lot of people for Sponsor a lot of Sponsor everybody. For everything. Yeah, they're sponsoring off topic real quick, but they've had some people that really have nothing to do with their business model doing some shout outs for them. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so yeah, I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna cut this thing in and go back with a stash. So I fucking definitely looks a hell of a lot better than fucking that shit that Wyman was pulling about six years and ago. I'm looking sick. I feel pretty confident with this thing, to be honest. You should you. definitely run that for MXON though. Yeah, oh, I had I cut sure. one in at MX one last year with my suit you or whenever it was here. 2018. Last year. Yeah, you should or definitely my red, do white, and blue suit. You should definitely do it again. It's coming back out the red one. Except blue you should wear overalls this time. All right, boys. Uh, I don't know, but anyway, well, yeah, yeah, that's we, the story of my staff. Right, so no, fuck you guys. Right. Looks, well, it looks better than Matt's did. So there you go. Like better than Wyman's. Well, Matt's ugly anyway. All right, so we got a jam packed show here, boys. So we got to get rocking and rolling here. Ooh. At some point here in the first hour, we're hopefully going to get Kevin Moran's on to kind of talk about his weekend and his new diet. Um, that he can't eat Hawaiian. They can't eat. Rolls, bread, anything of no, bread. No, he's, he's carb free now. No, uh, he keto. I don't know. We'll have to ask him. I, it was in his vlog from last week. Gluten free, gluten free, carb free. Can't eat the rolls at Texas Roadhouse. He's he's struggling. I wonder he's about his struggling. Is he? I wonder about his starts. I wonder what gear he used. I don't know. We'll have to ask. Um, but anyway, uh, and then we got ground all coming up in the second hour, and then coach on the third hour here. So we gotta get rocking and rolling with this race that recap. Is Eric Grandall, just yes, for the viewers, Eric, right? not Mike. Yep. 
Depp Creative Co. owner. So mm. anyway, uh, let's get let's get rock and rolling into this 450 wrap up here. So we're wrapping up the Denver race. The 450s brought to you by our friends at Holster Co. Making Kydex holsters for things that go bang bang and beep, boom, beep, boom boom and beep beep and all of the above. Give me they that. Also, beep beep. <laughs> they also that. sell things that go beep beep and bang bang and boom boom and all of the above. So if you're bop, looking bop. for any of that. Uh, make sure to check them out at miholsterco.com, and uh, they can get you all hooked up there. Thanks to Mike and Roxy over there. Thank you. All right, so 450 wrap-up here. So Tomac wins the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he's on the list with Stu, with Chad, two-time Supercross champ. I'm sure there's Rick others. Rick Johnson. Rick Johnson. A lot of two-time. Ah, it's kind of rare air, actually. He, he's getting in rarer air. So, yeah, Stu, as far as the wind, Stu, Chad, Rick Johnson. Uh, I think there's another one from the '70s. Pretty big name. I don't. This the, is how good we are at this. Is that we know all. Well, the, the problem two or two out. or more. The, they have two or more. The yeah, problem. Okay. The prob- well, you got Stanton. You have got McGrath. Well, obviously, I want to say Bob Hanna, but I feel like he's won more than two premier titles in the Supercross level. Yeah, he's but won more than two. Yeah. So um, he's getting there though, and now finally. Well, finally, I guess not. Uh, you know, they were all about. Oh, is he going to pass Chad? And, nope, didn't pass Chad on the wins. So, no, he didn't. Uh, um, I mean, it's coming though. I think it is too. He looked so he looked really froggy again yesterday, and then Anderson caught him, and he was just kind of like, well, "Nope, well, I'm done." Well, hold on though. <laughs> oh boy, let's uh, let's talk about the fact that yet another weekend that somebody was out front and decides to just bonehead spode move. The guy that I called for the win that I gave a little bit too much faith into after Foxborough. We'll get to him in a second. Let's let's stay focused on Tomac here. So he so he sends it in again, ends up fading back to fifth. Um. Last week, same thing. He he even said, he even brought it up in some interviews I heard that, yeah, you know, I was going at it, and then I I got in that close call with, with Ando and, and Webb there and kind of just said, you know what, win the war, not the battle type deal, um, which we all thought Wasn't was a thing. in the heat race, though. No, in the heat race, he fucking whole shot and see ya. But, Dude, uh, how wild well, that, was that well, crowd? Here's the big X factor, though, and this is why I wish I had the camera going because I was going to clip this mm-hmm. for the gram. Yeah. But, the knee injury, bro. Yeah, I'm not that buying it. That was an interesting... I'm not, I'm not buying it. Why Why not buy it? What's, what's I'm, not okay, to buy so about it? Okay, so he has a knee injury, but he also said that it's getting better, but I'm not buying into the fact that it has anything to do with why he did what he did these past two weekends. No, no, I, I agree with that. Like, he, he's winning the title. He managed yeah. the title. He got yeah. it. Well, there's a lot of... There, I'm, I'm there's looking a narrative. Forward. There's a narrative that people are saying that, oh, that's why he's been riding the way he is the last couple oh, of weekends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't I'm know about not that, that, but I'm talking yeah. moving forward forward like oh. it's a little early to talk about outdoors yeah but i mean it's a damn, month and, dude. It's a month less than a month and a half away hey look if he's like me he's got that 30 year old trick knee which is like it's fine 99 percent of the time but that one percent it's not fine it's like you can't walk upstairs not yeah. fine i mean you never know i uh Philip or who said they had, didn't have an acl their whole career rv McGrath, wasn't it well rv rv didn't rv didn't have a knee after um Jason, Jason Thomas said he didn't have his for like multiple well, years. Well, you said that's the thing yeah. about knees, though, man. Like, they're never going to get worse. They're either days are going to be fine, and then there's days they're going to feel like shit, but they're never going to get it worse. They're yeah. just going to be, they're either there or they're not. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not one of those things that progresses over time. But he also did mention that his knee is getting better, though, because I think he said he got it from the Atlanta round. Yeah. When he, when he, when when he about Spode City. Yeah, when he dabbed his foot, when we were actually thought, oh, shit, it's just growing when him and Ando yeah. were going at it in the heat race. Mm. But yeah, I. I don't think it's going to be an issue. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. It but is interesting vibrate, though, motherfucker. I was, I was actually going to. I was actually going to bring that up. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Um, yeah, no. So that definitely an interesting oh. fact. <laughs> but any, but anybody who's through. saying that that is what, yeah, the reason for him not doing, we'll call it quote unquote, well these last mm-hmm. two oh, races. Yeah. No, that's not what it is. Yeah, it was total title management, which is a hundred percent what it is. Okay, fine, cool. And he did it. He managed it. And watch next week, probably win by fucking thirty seconds. Ah, maybe a part of debatable. me like I, I didn't get to watch a lot of it. Yeah, I, I be honest with you, haven't watched the broadcast. Um, but I caught the end of the main event and I saw him out front. And I'm like, damn, he's going to do it for the hometown crowd. He's mm-hmm. going to put an exclamation point on it. He's going to win for the hometown. He's going to get the title. Um, and then Ando caught him and he kind of was just like, yeah, but that's, go. that's the thing though. And I mean, I don't really know much how much else there is to say about that. We can kind of just jump right into Anderson and me and Travis talked about this on the last show. You know, when he went through that slump after knocking himself silly and bumming up his shoulder in Detroit, and then the weekend in Indy when Barsha sawed off his front end, and then he just kind of like, well, you know, if I'm in a position to win, I'll take it. If not, it is what it is. And we kind of all know that he's been focusing on outdoors. But, dude, these last couple weekends have have proven that it's like. Yo, and I don't don't know about the focus on outdoor. Did you see the video this week of him riding his fucking New Mexico track? No, I didn't know there was a video out. Yeah. Team Pride one? Yeah. Fried Land? Fried Land? No, uh, the team fried video. Was no, it wasn't. Funny. It wasn't YouTube. It was an Insta banger or oh. Instagram one I saw. But dude, oh. that and that New Mexico track you saw, it, didn't you? Uh, it's a little old though. Is it? Uh, is it an outdoor track? No, it's a yeah, supercross. It's a supercross track. He's got one right by the highway now. Yeah, it. I mean, dude, the dirt there looked very similar to what they rode in Denver. <laughs> so, yeah. So I just I, it makes me wonder what we could have had had. Detroit not happen. Yeah. I think still yeah, think pure, we'd be in a title. Tracing, but. Yeah, I think we'd still be in a title battle right now. I really do. Like Anderson, you know, and, and for all the people that were thinking that, you know, oh, like Tomac, that he late like when he when Sexton had his little brain fart, Tomac was pushing there for a while and he was like, Hey, like if the wind's there, I'll take it. If not, but like he wanted to win that race and Anderson just caught him. And then when oh, Tomac yeah. realized that, oh, Anderson's just better tonight, then he laid it back and he just kept going backwards. He's like, Hey, title management or whatever. But Anderson, these last three weekends, for anybody that thought that, like... Dude, he's ripping. Dude, he's got... He's fucking he's, ripping. He's got, is it he's six wins now? Smooth, too, is it, man. Is it, it's, it's something like that. He's, five or six. If he, five, I think it's five. No, no. I think it's I think it's six, because if he wins next weekend, him and Tomac will both have seven wins. Well, the other thing that I noticed, too, is, damn, he can put that bike wherever he wants He it. can. Dude, when he passed Eli, I know that he just... It was a normal soak up that triple, but how much lower he stayed yeah. than Eli. And then it's like, dude, hold... And... And then can turn and then turn the bike back, which down is something that Kawasaki has never been able to do, yeah, like, ever. And if you guys also noticed, I know that Anderson has always been pretty good at this, but I've realized, and I don't know if it's just because of the Kawasaki geometry and the way his style is, dude. His whoop speed this year is fucking phenomenal. It is, and I understand it's also partly because he's a guy that rides fourth through the whoops, partly where a lot of guys ride third frame kind of thing too. Yeah, and you know, being a little bit longer, stretching out the wheelbase, but once again, also too, he rides fourth where a lot of guys will ride third, just traction thing. You look at those days on the Husky, he was never this fucking God, good he's in the fu- He is fucking ripping, I don't dude. Think he was this good on the Husky ever. No, no, no I think this no. is the best of his career he's yeah. ever been. Man, and, it, and I mentioned the Team Fried video. I don't know if you guys watched it, but I didn't watch that. A no. lot of behind the scenes of like the vibes at the Cowie truck, and they're all hanging mm-hmm. out in there. And <laughs> so they got, there's a little like a segment, air quotes, that they put in there with Tickle. <laughs> and they were like, what's Brock going to eat today? And then Brock's in the semi, he's like, you know, we in hot Atlanta, so we bring in the heat. We got pastrami on the sandwich or whatever the whole deal. But the the truck driver, he's in there filming it. Big B. Uh, Big B. Uh, team managers in there in on it. Like they're they're like, oh Tom, you vlogging? Like 
Super pumped to have the vlog around. Mm-hmm. Oh, Got Anderson I, just hanging. They're all is, laughing, having a great time. This is back in Atlanta. Even. I'm excited for the vlogs outdoors when a certain someone joins the team. That's oh, not, yeah, they're probably that's not happening good. from what I hear. That's you, Where'd you hear that from? Someone who would know. We'll someone see. who might have given us some information on that whole team deal period. Hmm. From, I mean, that from same, what I, that from what person, I hear, that's not a thing. I like the same person, but he also said Kenny, no way in hell is going to ride outdoors. And I mean, I would. Well, in all fairness, we all we all said that, and we all said Webb wasn't coming back. So whatever. But no, he. But he has the inside. He does have the inside track on that. He talks the dude's he management. He talks to the direct source quite a bit. It sounds like so. I mean, I get. But I will say this though, and this is, and we're obviously not going to name a person. Um, I will also say this though. Do you kind of think though that this person is telling this other person that because it has not been official and they do not want to fuck things up? The la- because well, it would okay, be the one person. Let's just drop the name here. Max Ancy, Factory no, Cowboy. Well, we're Everybody not. No, knows we're that. not going to not drop the name of the person that he's I know, talking. I get it. That's so, what I, I was talking. So, so, but so what I hear is he's putting something together. I believe with the dude that owns the eighty-three. Combine. Ethan Lane's dead. Yes. Yeah. Well, that comment was made a while ago too. But like, I see that as a later thing. We'll. I mean, we'll see. I, I mean, know. I'm not obviously uh, this person. I mean, if I'm Max Ancy, man, I'm doing everything I can to get on that fucking Kawasaki. Mm-hmm. This person I don't that we shit about Ethan Lane's dead. This person would obviously know better than me, but. I'm just my thinking is is that he is not going to pass up an opportunity for this factory ride, and he is only saying that to the person to kind of cover his basis, maybe. But obviously, I don't know. I just yeah. I feel that it's more likely that it's going to happen because the KTM thing is obviously not happening now. Yeah. So, so but anyways, um, yeah, uh, those fried videos, I, I like them. I think the yeah. vibe with Ando and this summer is going to be good for him. It's going to be very very good. I think he's. He's going to keep the ball rolling, and he's going to have... He might get a win because Hurlings isn't coming over now. Well, he might come later in the year, but yeah. It gives him time to get yeah, a win. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, all right. It's going to be interesting because him and Fernandez ain't going to take no bullshit from each other. Mm-hmm. No, and then once again, you also got to... We'll get to We'll get to Yeah, we'll get to We got some right. other stuff. Right all right, now. moving on. Uh, Stu, second. That was a good ride for him. He Dude, looked good. The kit. The what the, the all white the all white but it had all, like the little blue accents all for white that rock is star. all white is so sick if you are a factory rider and they give you eighteen sets to wear that day because otherwise it's or fucking if you're stupid. Nick Thomasunas dude he just runs the all white yeah That's fucking has for a too. while <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah he's who, who I was riding with at Martin the other day oh really yeah him and uh, Justin Hills which he'd be kind of fun to get on the podcast as well <laughs> he's the he's the bass guitarist for Sleeping with Time oh yeah oh yeah, 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 yeah. that yeah. yeah it'd be kind of fun to get on and, and just talk about band shit music yeah. shit but anyway. Um, yeah, it had the little blue accents yeah, yeah, yeah. from like the endurance or whatever. The blue yep. goggles. Oh, it was sick. It was good. Well, good. Still on board with uh, we got one more round left. He could win it. One more fucking hey. round. Hey, I well, don't know. Anderson, I'm just <clears throat> wanting to win. Nah, and, and Sexton though, if he doesn't keep having brain farts and fucking being a space nah, cadet, Sexton gonna Sexton. Yeah, he um, is gonna. <laughs> he is gonna Sexton, dude. Marv third, dude. Very very. I was thinking about sneaky this on the good way here too. Like. Fucking good season for Marv, man. Fucking sucks the next time we're gonna see him race after Salt Lake as an SX Global. <laughs> I mean, he can he can do both. I think. Yeah, no, I'm saying I was just making a shot at the fact that he's not gonna be riding outdoors. Is yeah, I mean, I would love to get him on and ask him like if he wants to ride outdoors because maybe like because we're don't all think get, he wants anything to do with it. We're getting all. <sighs> We're getting mixed. We're getting see. That's the thing is, is there's we're, so much inconsistency because everything that I read is that he wanted to do it and KTM didn't offer it, and then yeah. there's that that he didn't want to do it, and then there's a talk of that he did want to do it, but the off the money that they offered him for that yeah. was lowball. Well, hey, this is motocross and supercross. We're never gonna fucking. We're know. not transparent. <laughs> we're never gonna know. 
So, I don't know, man. I think he'd be good outdoors. It's, but uh, it looks like KTM's going the. Uh, they're not going to win, so they're going with the create the buzz route. They might get a win from a certain somebody, but we'll talk about that in a little later. Uh, uh, ooh. Well, yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about that you later. You think Kyroli's going to win? He could, dude. I don't think his motivation. I don't think either there. one of them are going to win. I think he's here just to do it. I think Kyro. I think they'll. I think they'll do well, but neither one of them is going to win. Me and Hopper are arguing about this right now. I'm trying to bet him a hundred bucks that Dungey won't even make a podium this year. I won't. I'm not going to say Dungey, but Kyroli, dude. He was in the title fight last year. His speed is still there, and he's riding and training if, three times a week. Let me put it this way: if either one of them is going to do it, Kyroli is going to be the one. Oh, to for do sure. It. I keep trying to explain to Johnny that like you can't step out for five years and then just come back and be like, oh yeah, he's going to be a podium yeah, guy. Yeah, no that's a fucking perfect, way. Perfect. That's why I want to get into coach. And we're not gonna yeah. and we're not gonna dive too deep into that until later in the show. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, dude, how crazy was that? And we'll talk about it even more with the two fifties with the back and forth there in qualifying. How crazy was it from Sexton to Marv that it was like what three tenths of a second? Oh yeah, every both session sessions. This like, is something though that we that has been talked about not just by us but by other people. Of how close it is for say like the top ten, and then you go back to like say early two thousand, and it's like five seconds. The disparity was huge. Yeah. yeah. So, and then you wonder why these kids are coming out of these facilities, and it's not like Ricky Carmichael. Mm. Well, because everybody's got fucking facility now. Like back well, in the day, they ain't racing, huh? They're practicing. They're not racing. Well, that's a either. thing too. But I'm just saying, back in the day, you look at it. Everybody like who had a facility? Ricky, James, Chad. Those guys have facilities. Mm. They were the cream of the crop. And then the RV, Langston, those kind of people. Nowadays, every Joe fucking blow is at fucking club, MTF, MTF, south of the border, GPF. Real deal. Everybody has these places now. So it's not. So I I think that's what is creating the the closeness that we're seeing. So um, Sexton, bro. Hey man, that line was sick when it worked, <laughs> dude. I mean, that Suzuki Sexton. banner was right up on TV. I just cannot like this fucking guy every fucking time. And every I'll say it again. And I'll say it is again. it youth? You think that's what it is? No, man. I, I still stand by what I said last week. I think, and this is going to sound dumb, but since you're here, I've made this comment a few times now. I think he's almost too talented for his own fucking good. I think so, I think too. a lot of the times he doesn't use his brain. It's the same thing I've said about AC. I think he just reacts and goes off muscle memory, and I don't think he really processes the information around him. I think he is so fucking talented. A lot of people are like, well, that's dumb. But what was James Stewart? Too fucking talented for his own good. Yep. And now, granted, the crashes are a lot different sometimes. But I think that Sexton sometimes is so fucking good on a dirt bike that he just thinks that no matter what that thing does, he'll just pull his way out of it. He just... Because he pulled that line in practice. He was the first one to do it. And then I watched it. And I'm like, oh, he didn't mean to do that. He just kind of hit the edge and it popped him the, like the bike unloaded. And then I watched him do it again. And I'm like, if they're going to let him get away with that, that's going to be so much fucking quicker. Look, I, here's what was the he thing. doing? Popping up onto that he little He was ledge. literally, instead of like... Because he was going to the outside and the whoops and then how hard you have to break to hit that when a lot of guys were standing the bike up, they were hitting the edge of the wall. And they were just kind of like teeter tottering. He would literally, as soon as you stand the bike up, he would angle and shoot straight to the outside, and then right middle way down the start straight, he'd pop back in and it would straighten him out for the next section. Look, here's the so thing. So he was kind of going like this. I have a fucking angling I have a fucking rant about this with him. Uh, no, about at at Dirtworks. Quit oh. building these stupid fucking lips. Hey man, Daniel Blair loves them. <laughs> fuck, I don't know. BCMC did it this weekend, but after the whoops, too, I so. love, dude. I love <laughs> Daniel Blair. 
That was the stupidest fucking thing. Like, dude, those things like are them. so dumb. dumb because they hit them but, so hard. All they do is create a wave effect of a rut in it. And then at a certain point, and we saw Kev do this earlier in the year at one of them, you just hit that. You're not expecting it to wave over quite as hard as it does. And then you just got guys hitting the ground. It's here's, fucking here's, stupid. Here's where I'm at with it. It's another obstacle on the track, man. It's, it's always but yeah, it's but it, it's always sketchy. Well, the hard thing is too. Yeah, it's always the, that's the, sketchy. The, what the cream rises to the top? What dude. Sexton did yesterday is the same thing that we've watched dudes do on these all fucking year. It's a stupid fucking thing. If you're gonna make a drop, make it like a fucking four foot tall drop. Then yeah, like make I like it, it. Don't though. make Look, a we'll fucking curve and put him on the ground. The hard thing it's guard. fucking dumb. The hard thing about those dumb. the hard thing about those walls that they make though is is that the way they have to lip them with being so small, they're so hard. So when people stand it up and they shift out on them, it just kind of unloads the suspension. Mm-hmm. But then when they're going across them on the start, they're packing it down and softening it. So then you're grabbing traction when you go over there, and then you have a sexton ordeal where you literally just keep going. Well, and then on top the of that, bales. they always put those fucking tough blocks for the fucking mechanics to stand i wonder right though if there i wonder though if dirt works when they looked at that and you'll st- i don't know like if you paid a lot of attention to where those bales like the little bit of the gap that was there though i wonder if dirt works anticipated people riding up on that wall because normally those like bales would be right like, on the back side of it and there was like what maybe i don't know those i'm gonna go app. with no those they, things you don't are, think they anticipated it, it's fuck fucking dumb. no it's fucking dumb End of story. I mean, it's fucking they're keep, dumb. They're going to keep doing them, though, because they've done it for a long time, and I don't see them And stopping. I'm going to be on here race tech ranting every single time about how fucking stupid it is because it, it does something like that yesterday, yep. bites us, and then that cost us watching a good battle because, let's face it, Sexton Ander- probably Anderson was coming. Sexton, dude, I have to say again, as, <laughs> as good as Anderson's been riding, I have to feel the same way I do about Atlanta. I feel like Sexton might have probably won that race. Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, Anderson I fucking rode good. I think Anderson we'd have had we'd had a good battle on our hands. Either yeah. way, um, all right, moving on. Heat race, right? Ran him down. Yeah, what's was that? Anderson ran him down in the heat race. Yeah, but I Sexton still, but Sexton still won. Oh yeah, seven minutes. Anderson would have won it. Um, all right, moving on. Tomac fifth, but he get wins the title, and very pumped to win that title. I mean, dude, he was one hand in that fucking trophy and everything. So good for him. Um, six Cooper Webb. Anybody got anything on Webb? Not doing outdoors. It's not going well. Not doing outdoors. Uh, not he, going well. I listened to Roger DeCoster's little post race interview thing, and he was just like, "Yeah, he was not prepared coming into the season." Like, I think there's a lot of uh, animosity there for not going. It's not going around. well. It's not, not doing going outdoors. There, there, there's I a law behind the scenes we're not hearing right now. I, and Webb's the guy to rebel. And they're yeah, pissed. Yeah. They're pissed at him for not going to. And uh, Alden's program or whatever, mm-hmm. and Webb's probably like, "All right, then fuck what's you the, guys." What's the rumor though that he is going to plan on resigning with KTM though? So here's so here's the thing I've been hearing: Tomac hasn't resigned yet, correct? Because he wants to see how the new bike. Because he yeah. wants to ride the twenty three, which he hasn't got to. Oh, yet. they've got a new one out. Twenty three is going to be a new bike. That's yep. going to be dope that they let him ride it though. Yeah, no shit. So, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. They there's a lot. That that happens quite frequently, from what I understand, with the factory guys. They get to ride the new bikes in advance, but that's why he hasn't before re- they sign before y- lock them. Yeah, in. but he hasn't signed because of that. Because I think he doesn't want to go from how good he was this year to having a new bike, KTM issues like this, like they had this year, next year with Yamaha, and be like, oh fuck, like no, I got to go another year because I get like now we've developed the bike or whatever. Problem is, is what is he going to do? It's either that or retire. Because he ain't going to go to another fucking team. Yeah, that's the thing. 
Um, and then, so the rumor that I'm hearing is that Webb wants to go back to Star, man. Yeah. Wants to go back to Star, but what I'm hearing is he won't be able to go back to Star until Eli leaves. So if Eli signs for next year, Webb supposedly is going to sign a one-year extension with KTM, ride next year with them again, and then in 24 go to go to Blue That's Crew. the puzzle piece then? Because I thought Ferrandis was the puzzle piece. Nope. Ferrandis so is locked. not the puzzle piece. He's locked. I don't know. Because I had heard... He, Ferrandis is... I nope. I haven't heard about Ferrandis going back to Star. I've heard about Ferrandis going to fucking going to KTM. KTM. I think Ferrandis okay, had so, a lot yeah, of Okay, so yeah, pure speculation he here. He goes to KTM. There's the spot for Webb. Or, or Cowie. Well, he also even... I told you this. He showed interest before the Gas Gas team that he wanted to be on that team even before Barsha. No one will be on Gas Gas no, no. until Barsha retires. But what I'm saying is, yeah, is that cool. if he threw his name in the water and he threw interests, that yeah. that would start a chain effect of different things going on. But, yeah, I mean... Coop just mm, bad, bad year and uh, going to make it worse when he doesn't ride outdoors. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. all right, moving That's on. Global, baby. Uh, Barsha, seventh. All right. Uh, Brayton, eighth. That's Oldenburg, another good ride at for ninth. God, Oldenburg on that 450 is so fucking good. Hey, yeah. Brayton, didn't he miss around this year? Who? Brayton? Br- Brayton. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he missed it. Still what? top 10 in points. Yeah. Know, Mi- yeah, he missed around. He had uh, COVID. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was back. It was like a, second or third round. Yeah, that was back. Yeah, in it was early. The California was he, rounds. Didn't he weed it up and not run one too? Well, he also no. I got hurt in uh, Indianapolis. Remember with Bogle? Yeah. Oh, when yeah. Bogle hit him. Yeah. So he didn't ride Indy either. Or no, yeah. he hit Bogle. I'm sorry. Yeah, he hit he Bogle because remember he okay, watched. Yeah, so he was out two rounds. He was out yeah. two rounds. Yep. Because he knocked himself. COVID silly. that round, and then he, and then he, he was didn't come back again. Yeah, he was in concussion protocol. So three rounds. Yeah. No, it's impressive. Still top ten in points. Fucking last hurrah. Well, until SX Global happens, he was he's been solid, dude, all year. I mean. I wonder how a weird. Th- it's not like it's been the first time it's ever happened to him when he's had bad races, but like he got lapped last night, mm. and I wonder uh, for him, like he got lapped and it wasn't a situation where he like he was struggling. How weird of a feeling that is for him. So once again, it's not the first time uh, in his I think career. A lot of guys were like, "Fuck this track, let's." Get oh, out dude, of that here. shit was fucking concrete, bro. Yeah. That Yesterday, was, oh yeah, it was terrible. But what I'm saying is, I just wonder for him. He's just like, oh, this is just how this year is. This is how mm-hmm. fucking good these three guys are. Yep. Uh, Chiz tenth. Heartraft, 11th. Brees, 12th. Fucking Ryan Brees, man. Friend of the show. <laughs> that fucking guy, dude. I, I don't give a fuck what everybody says. Oh, there's all these guys out. Ryan Brees has had a good fucking year. He's, He's a good fucking rider. He's a good fucking rider. I'm happy for that dude, man. I am happy for that kid. He has had a good freaking year. And when we had him on the show talking about how hard his season was leading up, to, or how hard things were to scramble to get a ride going for this year, Yep. I, I'm happy for that dude. I'm I really hope he fucking made some money this year. Yeah. And well, you know, still make some. Well, yeah, no, make some money for the uh, LCQ challenge next week. Yep. Um, all right. Let's keep moving here. Uh, oh, speaking. Sorry. Speaking of the LCQ challenge, one more week of uh, people are doing like these sponsorship things or mm-hmm. whatever. You should do like Moto Aftermath show. We'll sponsor this and see Paul <laughs> blocks it. <laughs> That'd be fucking funny. Uh, oh, I, I, sorry. Again, to cut you off, but more Jesus funny things about that. Vince Freezy was like, yeah, I was going to put some money up for your race, Steve, for the Vince Freezy best takeout, but I guess Fred <laughs> said no. Awesome. You also see that Stank Dog got blocked from entering it. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, Stank got blocked from entering it. Got blocked from it. He's not, He's he didn't qualify. He could have been a wild card. Oh, he could have He could have been yeah. a wild card, and Steve, Steve was like, no. Fuck you. Okay, well, that's what happens when you run off at the mouth. I mean, yeah. like, dude, don't. Like yeah, but I think it's just petty. I think that was petty, and I think it's petty on Steve's part. I was going to say, it's. You know who's petty? Oh, Christian Craig. 
Oh, we'll get into that. Oh, we'll get into that. Oh, we'll get into that. Well, we'll I listened to a Trish and Charbonneau interview while I was driving last night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. hear about all that? Yeah, well, in all fairness, too, Tristan Charbonneau is kind of a peckerhead. Hold on. Let's get. Let's finish up the 450s. We'll yeah, jump sorry, right sorry, into sorry, 250s sorry. here. Sorry. Cause, yeah, because we got to get through this because we got people yep, yep. coming on. Um, Starling, 14th. Noren, 15th. Politelli, 16th. Marshall Welton on the 250. <laughs> oh, fucking showing up with black. He wore the straps, dude. Yeah, showing dude, up with black. Awesome. Showing up with black backgrounds, and Daniel goes, "I don't think you're allowed to do that." <laughs> so he had fucking duct tape numbers on his fucking. Yeah, bike. That's awesome. Uh, Moran's 18th. John Short 19th. Uh, Rod Bell. Can we fuck. talk about that Rob Bell takeout? Uh, once again, two weeks in a row, <laughs> fucking just dive-bombing the fuck out of anybody that's in front of him. Yeah, it's fine. Like, bro, it's the first lap, and you're in second. Clayson is not a dude you want to piss off. Oh, man. Clayson, I hope Clayson just fucking... Clayson's so mad. He so should mad. be. That's bullshit. I know he's trying to get 20th in points. Well, he he's should be, He's kind of a baby anyway. Yeah. Um... Bogle, 21st. The fuck happened there? Nah. Oh, running top 10, dude. Guess who picked him in fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry. It was a great day for all of us. Oh, yeah. Yesterday was bad for all How of us. How many did you have in the main? Did you have uh, eight? I saw that I had six in there, and the, I haven't even looked at my score. Yeah, yet. I, I was just like, too. it's so had, fucking bad. I'm not five. even going to look. And uh, Henry Miller rounding out in 22nd there. Um, I saw he was down. Henry Miller? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think the ledge took him out, too. <laughs> All right, let's move on to 250s here real quick. We have about 15 minutes before Kev's going to come on, and then we're going to start rolling right through guests here. So if we don't get all the way through some 250 stuff, we can pick it up at the end here. Um, all right, so 250s. Hunter Lawrence wins, and, man, that Anaheim three race just keeps fucking coming back to haunt yeah, us. Yeah, so, he'd so be leading. bench racing here. Yes. I did some, some number crunching and stuff. It'd be he, tied up going into the shootout. It'd be tied? Because he's only down by 18, so when he got 23 for that, so he'd got 20. Or, yeah, I guess 22 more points than he got right than he has right now. So he'd be leading by four. Now, he would, oh, he would be leading. He would be leading. By I thought four it'd be at this up. point. See, if everything else was the same, but he just how stayed on the two wheels and got second. How crazy is it to think that Craig is dominant as he was at the beginning of the season? And I didn't realize this. He only has four wins. Like we talked about how dominant he was, and he's only got four wins. Can can we talk about? I'm still not convinced he's going to win. So here's can my all- ben- here's my ben- we're pure bench race. Yeah, right? we are. Hunter pure Lawrence though has been fucking good these last three rounds. So, so this is a good fucking rider. So yeah, here's Hunter's brother. Here's my theory. Hunter's thing, brother's like, a good fucking rider. Like if Hunter would have indeed had to ride the opposite coast, we would have had this guy the whole season. Yes, and that would have been. Dangerous. Here's Poor Craig. Here, dude, he, here's a good here's a big question for you guys. Does Jeff fuck with Craig next week? That's what we're he, thinking. He's got a title. He's got his title already. He's got his title. They can't take the title away from him. So Do you really think the Jet wants to jeopardize getting possibly hurt by doing something stupid? I understand it's for his brother. I bet he, think he's yeah, gonna I bet get he hurt. rides Craig a little harder. I think Yeah, because I, I think don't he's see... gonna ride Craig right off that fucking track. I don't think off the track, but he'll make it hard on him. Yeah. I bet he does. Oh, man, I, I bet he pushes him right in a corner or he fucking stops right below him in a corner. Oh, and... dude, Craig will be pissed. But see, here's here's the thing though. Uh, you don't think that Bobby Regan, a star, is already having that in the back of their mind? Who the fuck do they got that can keep up with them it, other than Craig? It doesn't, Here's my it doesn't, thing. It doesn't, Crasher it, can't. No, no, no. Everybody else but, is but it out. But do, you don't need to keep up with them, bro. Move over on them on the fucking start. I, move said, over I on. said yesterday. I, dude, literally, as I was watching the main yesterday, I was sitting there with Ashley. I looked and saw Hunter was starting right next to Craig, and I said, dude, if I'm Hunter, I go out of that gate, and I immediately hook a left. Because think about it. East-West shootout next week, so you're going to have Craig, Chiz, 
And threat well, is Chiz going to be on the two fifty or is they'll put him on it? I think for this. Uh, okay. I don't know. Where's he at in points? He wants that twentieth place too. Twentieth place is ten unless grand Bobby and unless, unless Bobby Regan goes Writes him a check for ten uh, grand. Yeah, which we obviously which could. know. So I understand what you're saying. No, as far as keeping up with them, no, you're totally correct. But with this being the East West Shootout, and obviously those times are going to be real all over the place for gate picks. Yeah. Dude, you don't think that Bobby Regan looking going thinking the same thing because he's been in this situation before and going, dude, I fuck it if I can. I'm putting Thrasher and Chiz. If they want to play that game, I'm putting them. I'm sandwiching. Jack. Star plays the games too. Yeah, Star. Here, no, I mean, look, Shane but, McElrath and Chase Sexton and Colt but Nichols. You know, the Lawrence boys can play the game. And Craig, man, you play the mind games with Craig. He's fucked. Look at yesterday. I have said. Which, this. By the way, did when I call, he did I, not, did I not call that shit? When he I said he was going to crash, he I, crashes. I said he was going to fucking crash when we called last week's show. I said Hunter's going to win and Craig's going to crash. This and is sure what, shit. This is what he does. He did it last year. Well, this is this reminds like the petty Craig thing. Yeah, like, you've heard the the Charbonneau story. I heard. Was this an interview from recently or a while ago? Because yeah, he did big interview. MX Radio guy did it. I okay. So it must have been from a while ago because he came out and he fucking laid everything that had went on with different things from when he was. With Geico, he was around all that shit. He basically outlined his whole career. Well, I'll summarize it. Um, they were out. He came in as the amateur, and Craig was supposed to take him under the wing and all Tristan that. Tristan, also, by the way, for anybody that doesn't know, Tristan Charbonneau was a hot shoe. Like, he was yeah. pegged to be a very talented dude. Yeah, uh, pure talent. He said he never worked or did anything. He didn't do shit. Um, yeah, they were out at the, the track, and Christian was supposed to kind of take him under the ring, the wing. Uh, Marjack was the team owner. was like, hey, you're going to work under Christian, blah, blah, blah. And then Marjack ended up jacking him around pretty good. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, they were out at the track and uh, was going like two seconds a lap faster than Craig. Yeah. So they started Craig 30 seconds ahead. They did a 30-minute moto. He laid the, the bike over so far into a corner, ripped the shroud out. In two of the three 30-minute motos, caught Craig past and put 15 seconds on him. After that day... Craig, Page, and even Jagger's account unfollowed mm-hmm. him on Instagram, never said a word to him again. Doesn't surprise me at all. And then me he neither. said he was going over to every time he was over at the Craig's house, Page was drunk on Fireball. Dude, this is like the fucking <laughs> this is like the shocker. This is like the Dunge Nico thing when Nico went pro. Like he used to fucking smoke Dunge at the test track and Dunge was like, if Nico's riding today, I'm not gonna be here. I don't mm-hmm. care if we're testing or not. Percent pie. Which is more likely to happen next week? Jet fucks with Craig. And cost Jet the or cost Craig the title. Uh, Hunter owes or, him one from early in the season too. Or Craig takes himself out in practice trying to be a hot, here's a, hot ass. Here's about, the thing: Jet I, jeopardizes Craig's <laughs> championship. I think it's more likely. Or I think it's more likely Craig, Craig takes conquers him, the competition. Craig takes himself out because I just don't see Jet going in that situation because. Bobby Regan will pay if he has any inkling that Jet's going to fuck with Craig. He'll just pay Thrasher and Chiz to take out Jet. But you're, but I don't think you're going to have an inkling. I think it's just going to come down to they're in the main, and those two boys are going to sit in that truck, and Jet's going to be like, look, dude, I'll make some shit happen. He'll die what, for his he, brother. Here's, here's the, the thing, though. Is what, is, what is exactly is he going to What's exactly going to do, though? Like in, I outside, don't know what he can Outside do. of sawing off his front end, though, what is he really going to do to fuck with, with Christian? Because we do know the disparity between Hunter, Jet, Christian, and Forkner compared to everybody else in the class. Yeah. You know so what unless, I do unless Jet and Christian are dead last, which I highly fucking doubt is going to happen, what is he going to do? You started in practice. You that's what I think. Though, but yeah. that's the thing, though. If you have the inkling that's going to happen in practice, Bobby Regan's going to know ahead of time. And you don't think that he fucking pulls Thrasher aside and goes, well, "Hey, dude, but, but here's I'll the thing: they're already in Craig's head yeah, but, at that point." Yeah, but here's the thing. First off, you're correct. 
There, Craig, Craig is already thinking about next week going, fuck, now Jet's going to be around too. Because let's face it, Jet can keep up with him. We yeah. all know this. Okay. Yes. And then here's the thing. Jet's not going to be around him until the main. So yeah. there isn't going to be any fucking with him. He's only fucking with himself in the head. And then when you get in the main, all it's going to take is for Jet to be on the inside of him in a corner. And he's going to fucking flip. He's going to be like, oh, fuck, here it comes, or some shit like that. He'll well, make a mistake. What's what's Christian got to get, though, next week to beat? Just for all... He's got to be out of the top ten, I think, right? Yeah. So, oh, dude, like, it's going to be really hard to do. I, the, I And I totally don't disagree. It's not like we haven't seen this shit before. But I have a hard time seeing that outside of Jet sawing off Christian's front end, what's he going to do that's really going to affect Christian to getting right. outside because of the Because you got to remember the rest of that field is like, fuck this. It's yeah, the well, last yeah. round. Let's get out of hey, here. But here's the thing. All it... It all it takes is what Craig did this Ooh, weekend, a tip that. over. Come on, dude. All okay. it takes is a tip over. Bend that fucking shifter, bend that clutch lever, bend the fucking front rotor, something. All it takes is a tip over, dude. That's all it takes. And something. and the other thing is all it takes too is like Jet just rides him wide in a corner. Christian tries to just cut down a little Boy, bit at the, the ground. End. Hunter runs over I that, was, drops the clutch. Well, on no, it. I'm just saying <laughs> hits you get you get axle nut and axle nut hit boom craig goes down craig tries to come back through again boom one more time he's outside i don't think that i don't think he can recover twice in a main event yeah, once but yes, jet ain't gonna wait twice. around that bad jet doesn't have to wait around we all just talked about it if craig he's gets coming through ninth, the path staying in ninth and getting his title well that could be and if thing, craig though. rips a fifth place hole shot and jet's buried for whatever reason but i'm not i don't see I'm, jet pushing the pace to go track down craig i'm not convinced He's not going to take himself out. Why practice. I said it's more likely that Christian takes himself out yes. because as crazy as that would be and as wild as it would be, especially for us, this is what we do to talk about it. The things that would have to line up for that yeah. to fucking happen. And once again, like I just I don't see a scenario where Jet will risk <clears throat> because okay, so saying is so think about this too. You gotta think of the other side of that, and this is the last thing I'll say about this. Say that if Jet fucks over Christian and Christian has a, a realization that well the title's gone now. He just goes, well, Jet, guess what? I'm riding 450s out the outdoors. I don't give a fuck about you and fucking takes Jet out and hurts him. Because if you remember last year, Christian did fucking run Jet right off the fucking track in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And you could say that that might have cost Jet a championship. So if Christian in his mind is going, this little shithead just cost me a championship. I'm not riding this bike again this year. Fuck you, dude. I'm going to ruin your outdoor season and I'll take you out. And Christian, we know, once again, the petty thing. Does not have no qualms about saying this little fuck just cost me a championship. I will ruin the rest of his. Yeah, fucking I mean, season. honestly, I don't think he's even going to get to that point. I don't we're think so. Worry about it. I think no. mentally, Craig is cracked. All we saw it this weekend. Yeah. He went. He. How the fuck do you whiskey throttle off the back in a fucking that was sand a, roller that was a, there? That, that little hip was like. It was wild too because it that was, was like it's probably like it got to the art base underneath and let it rip. Well, I also yeah. think that like his like he shifted a little bit too far to the inside and the bike got away from him. But I thought it was funny is, is he goes, yeah, you're like I almost had fucking I almost rode it out and I'm watching him going, dude, when that bike planted, <laughs> you were off the rear fucking wheel. When he said you that, didn't almost ride it out. When he said that, as we're it. watching it, I'm going that. I'm like, you were not even close, I almost bro. rode out a lot of crashes. I'm rolling on my head in red butt. I bro. almost rode that out, bro. It's like when Palatelli tried to take grab the back of Bogle's fucking bike, <laughs> and he's <laughs> yeah, like, fuck funny. you. Oh, God. That was awesome. Yeah. But no, man. Hey, didn't I call that shit, though? I said Craig was going to fucking crash. It was going to be bad. Yep. But he was going to crash, and sure shit, I'm like, funny. There it is. So, all right. So, uh, Hunter wins. Uh, Mosman second. Mosman did Mosman things. Wow. He held it together, huh? Didn't hold it together in the heat race, though. Nope. <laughs> 
Did but not. he held it together in the main. Yep. Mm. Uh, Craig came back to third. Mm, not yeah. a surprise. Joe, though, making oh. it a little hard on him. Yeah. yeah. How hard? Joe's been riding pretty good the last couple of times. He has. Good. I'm glad. Yeah, mm-hmm. good for that kid. I'm, I used to hate on Joe. Remember my yeah. Joe hater Flying day? in like a bomb. <laughs> Sorry. That was me. Oh, damn. Well, that was racist. Um, <laughs> and now we're canceled. I uh, I was like, lot. man, why the fuck should they sign this kid? But I like him. I think he's cool. Well, it's because he fucking started riding like how he was last year yeah. instead of trying to be well, that, and I like his, it's kind of like his little Japanese style and personality dude, kind of thing. It, it, when he took Christian wide, though, coming across back across the start straight, I'm like, is he actually going to run Christian off the track? He's like, fuck you, dude. Dude, but, I thought he was dude, going he's to. fighting for it. Like he was. The jet thing in Atlanta. Well, dude, Joe is f- battling for third in the points. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. like, he, it's not like... I, I imagine, I don't know how big it would be, but his bonus has probably got to be decent yeah. for getting top oh, yeah. three in the points. He's like, yeah, dude, fuck Myrtle me. probably works some pretty good bonuses. For sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so Joe fourth, March Banks fifth. I heard it's all mental with him at the races. Well, I heard... and I think he's looking forward to being on that 450 outdoors. Yeah, probably. Uh, Freeze sixth. Good fucking, good fucking ride. Rider, Can we talk about that moment, like with three minutes to go between? And I don't know. Pack if you of saw, like eight fucking, fucking oh freeze, God, fucking dude. Thrasher, Wageman. Uh, who else was in there? Fuck everybody. Swole. Blows. Like at some. Yeah, they, I'm pretty sure they were lapping. They were lapping Blows and Mitchell. And I'm pretty sure Derek Kelly was in there. And I'm like, dude. No, they th- weren't lapping them. I thought they were lapping Blows. That's for position. No, that was for position. So, okay, so I'm like. <laughs> this is the most amount of guys I've literally seen all in the same section at any point of a main event this year. Hundred percent. And then they Ever, all checked maybe. up on the f- and they all checked up in the finish and the vi- and like Vince is like, no fuck you, I'm gonna do it. I'm yeah. just gonna jump it. Um, well, then they about landed on Swole on the triple. Oh yeah. Landed. And I'd be oh, like, yeah. uh, I'd be like, Swole oh. fucking rolls the triple like a dumb fuck. Yeah. Blos was like, you know, thought I was done. <laughs> wow. <Pulled> it out. <laughs> That would just be Jalik's fucking. That would be his. J- whole that's thing. Jalik's mo. That's the second time this year he's rolled a triple in a fucking precarious well, situation. And I'm pretty sure too. Wageman on the outside, he hucked it behind Vince, and he just kind of looked down. And he's like, probably thinking, "Well, this is going to be interesting." Bold move, Cotton. <laughs> Bold fucking move. Um. All right. So, uh, blow seventh. Robbie Wageman. Eight. Not Blows' last year, by the way. No, that's it is. what it we've is. heard. No, no. He's, he said he's not. Nope. He, just listen to an interview straight out of the horse's mouth. He's like, I don't know where people are getting that. But Weird. I'm so who? That's what I. This thought. is literally a Steve post race podcast. Yeah, yeah. He might, maybe he changed his mind after that round. Uh, yeah, no, maybe. He's like, I don't know where people are getting that, but I'm I'm done. Yeah. Uh, Thrasher ninth. Was probably doing gonna... great on that Star Yamaha. Hey man, bad start. Bad start. Really he was pa- put Deegan out there to get ninth. I mean, fuck. He'll be better. Out- he'll be better outdoors. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go over to Redbud just to suck him off. Uh, I'm not that big of a Deegan fan, I but I did watch the vlogs. I would have gone there to watch LeBlanc. I watched. I watched the Redbud. Deegan looked good. Have you watched his videos from Redbud? I watched. I took the f- him a few laps to get around Janik. I watched the first. Well, yeah, Janik's been giving him trouble since they're on yeah. Super Minis. Yeah, I watched the. F- I watched the first video. The he looks. Pr- he looked pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, he's gonna get smoked at Loretta. We'll see. Anyway, um, all the tools there, man. Swole, swole tenth. How'd that negative one on fantasy work out for you? With swole? I didn't pick him. Okay, that good. was a good decision. Good choice. That was a good yeah, fucking decision. Uh, Derek Kelly eleventh. But Sanford decided to not. Yeah, fuck Maxwell Sanford. Thirty twelve. Fuck was that in the LCQ? Mumford thirteenth. Stapleton fourteenth. I wonder Surratt, if Mumford. 15th. I wonder if Bumford's got a little bit of a nagging injury going on because he's kind of been on the it's decline. Bad. He's been on the decline, yeah, which bad. he started the season pretty good, and then he's been on a decline. Yeah, lapped in the heat race. Yeah, and then he went to the LCQ and didn't even fucking beat Jaron Stapleton. Yeah, it's bad. No, he passed him. Did he? Yeah, and then Stapleton jumped on the red or across. Uh, yeah, and I was like, was. Oh, oh, Sanford's in, but they only docked him one spot. Uh, yeah. So yeah. he went from second to fourth. AMA never changed. Never changed. Uh, Harrison sixteenth, Harriman seventeenth, Brandon Ray eighteenth, McKellen Hyatt. 
19th. Harrison to Canada. Nagy, 20th. Should. Jai no, Roberts. Hmm? You're the Harrison Whisperer. I told I, you, man, I haven't I talked read to him. he's going to Canada. Well, I mean, that's Gas, good Gas, for Canada team. I haven't talked to him in a while. Him or his dad. Jai Roberts, 21st. And Carson Brown, 22nd. Sweet. So Jai Roberts <laughs> fucking makes a fucking main, his first main of his career through the heat race. And Brandon Ray just fucking makes it in. Like, of course, just two he people. Made a that, few this year. Two people that you wouldn't think would do well. I don't even know who the fuck Jai Roberts is. I don't know either. Good for him, though. All right. First up here for our guest, friend of the show, privateer hero. It's going to be Mr. Kevin Morantz, and he is going to be brought to you by our friends at the Dirt Bike Depot. If you need some new moto gear but don't want to pay those expensive retail prices, shop the Dirt Bike Depot for all your moto gear needs. Gear sets, boots, helmets, goggles, and more. They specialize in athlete-only boots as well as ton more items that you can't buy in stores. Follow them on Instagram at Dirt Bike Depot and DM them with any questions you may have. It's Dirt Bike Depot rider Kevin Morans. Hi, buddy. Yo, what up? Yo, what's up with you? Oh, uh, just driving. Bro, heard we're getting a supercross track at the compound. Yeah, you see that? Yeah, I, fuck yeah, I did. I'm on my way to fucking ride, bro. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, Travis well, says he's going triple, triple. Because no, no dig, no ride, brother. I'll come down there with a shovel. In a few uh, weeks, like just dig out a couple <laughs> of the yeah, pockets and phases. Do- just bring a dozer with you. I don't have a dozer. Carlton Equipment's right here. If I had a dozer, I would bring it. And I'm not well, going to hit whoops. I'm out. I'm out on hitting whoops. <laughs> you're out on this triple triple you're claiming. I'll go three three on off and and, and then what on the no. pit bike track? What? What on the pit bike track? No nah, man. The only dude, three three super- on off you're doing on the X. We're doing full supercross. <laughs> We're doing full supercross at the Moran's compound, bro. I can't wait. I'm so pumped. I'm looking for suspension right fucking, now. I can't wait till your folks just bottom. The I'm fuck looking out. for suspension right now. I'm gonna get a set set up specifically for supercross. Yeah, I don't bro. think you understand. All right, how anyways, Kevin, how's it going, bud? I don't you- think you're gonna be able to ride my supercross track, brother. Bro, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hey, hey, I'm in on this. I got to practice hey, one two miles not- from here. I'm coming down We're there. We're not here to talk about your fantasy land. We're here to talk about Kevin. Night last night. It's not hey, man. fantasy. I'm shreddy, shreddy on the soupy, but soupy. Kev, you survived I, last I night. I am. I am pretty excited about the whole situation because yes, we are hopefully going to be building a actual Supercross track at the house right after Supercross season this year. Fuck yeah! Nice. At least, not necessarily. Not saying the track is going to be completely done in within the week that we start, but the pad and moving all the dirt and shaving everything and getting all the drainage set up like that. The hard part is uh, hopefully going to be done in about two weeks from now. Sweet. Who's, who, yeah, who you have to come it? in to do it, yeah. So, long story short, uh, there's a family, Blouse, Blouse's family. They're from around Topeka and whatnot, and he does some dirt work and some, uh, 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 what is it like when you work on, uh, oh, landscape, stuff like that. Um, and, uh, he's getting ready to get a new dozer. He's looking into getting a new dozer. So he's going to kind of test it out at my property. Sick. So he's kind of, it's like his, his test week or whatever. So he's kind of using me as his guinea pig while also it benefits me too. Um, so it's kind of helping both of us, which is really sweet. So he's got a dozer that he's going to have coming. He's got a skid loader and he's got a mini excavator. So there's three pieces of equipment right there. Um, I've got Sean Bonner and Dukes Reynolds on board. I think they're going to be dropping off a skid loader as well um, as soon as we get back. So it's kind of the projected start date right now is May 11th. So then I think Starling, Justin Starling, is going to swing back through because he's driving back from Salt Lake back to Florida. And I think he's going to stop at my house, 
So he'll hopefully be able to run that machine. And then I've got another uh, company out of Salina who's kind of on board to, to help. Because I threw it out there that if there's anybody in the Midwest or whatever that's kind of, you know, would love to help a privateer out and wants to come join the uh, the dirt moving party, uh, bring it on and I'll pay for whatever fuel we use. So they reached out and they're going to bring a dump truck and another skid loader. Then I reached out to uh, Tracy Freeman, which is who built our track that we have now originally. Um, he's pretty booked up, but hopefully he'll be able to bring a dozer out for a couple of days. And if that doesn't work, then I'm in the works right now to try to find like a wheel loader and another dozer that we can maybe rent because uh, it's going down. Sweet. Nice. Yeah, that sounds sick. Yeah. All right, so yeah. we don't have a lot of time here with you because we got a seven o'clock guest. Um, Sweet, big, big questions I have here. Tell yes, me about me. tell me about this new diet you're on. <laughs> uh, it sucks. Can it roll? Long story short, um, uh, my body has been struggling. Um, I was concerned that Epstein Bar was coming back, da, 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 da. so I ended up getting tested for it. It came back negative, but we found some other things, and it's heavily related to diet and just a lot of stuff that my body's just not able to break down and recover correctly just because I'm just full of crap, more or less full of sandwiches. Boom. Oh, you still there? Uh, in the road on my sandwich. So yeah, biggest thing is cutting out bread, gluten, all that kind of stuff, dairy, to try to detox for a few weeks. Uh, Boo. Oh, oh, oh! He's gone. No, no, he's hold gone. On. Hold on, hold on. We're not dead in the water yet. Maybe we're dead in the water. Kev, Kev. <laughs> Great radio. Good thing there's a lot of service in the studio. Yeah, no shit. I'm not sure this is our end. I have service still. Huh. All right. Well, wow. hold on. Let's try. Need that to again. figure out. So what I think. The Pulp Boys do is they since they're on Wi-Fi they do FaceTime. Yeah, well we're not on Wi-Fi out here either yet. Not yet. See, this isn't on our end. This He's is on, on his end. He's probably still talking. Probably. And we're, <laughs> we're not gonna get him back. Ran, sorry, I didn't get to the phone. Oh, 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 that's very professional. That's very professional. Wow. I want to ask him about. I mean, we don't have time today, but. Uh, the whole getting into the video game process and they scan you and all that kind of stuff. Let's see. How's that snack going over there? Good. It's going well? Mm -hmm. This is a great part of the show. Sorry, Freaking bro. hillbillies. Hello, this is Kevin Moran. Oh, man. Wow, this has never happened with Kev. No. Well, Where's he at? He's I don't know. He's driving, he driving somewhere. Back. Probably driving through fucking Iowa or something. Yeah, he's driving somewhere. So. Wait, but is he driving back home or is he driving to Salt Lake? No, he's driving back home. Uh, I think he's driving home. He's probably know. fucking driving through Salt or Iowa or some he's shit. Yeah, up in maybe. the mountains going over to... Maybe. All right. Well, we got about 10 minutes here before we've got uh, our next guest coming up. So, boys want to take a quick break here and then we'll sure. pop back in with uh, Eric Grandal and, uh, yeah, go from there. So, sure. quick break. We'll be right back. All right. So... Next guest up here on the show, friend of the show, sponsor of the show, it's Eric Grondahl, brought to you by Adept Creative Co. Check them out at adeptmx.com for all your custom graphic needs. 
And the only thing that I have a gripe about is that they don't install the graphics for you because I absolutely suck at that. Hey, man, those graphics on that 450 <laughs> look real good. Installed by our friend Kevin Morantz. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, on the phone with us, it's Eric Grandall. Hey, bud, what's up? Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, it's going. It's a rainy day in Michigan, in Michigan, bro. Michigan is yeah. not looking too hot right yeah. now. Yeah, no. It's terrible. It was supposed to rain here in Florida, but it uh, it just missed us. Oh, okay. Now, you're central Florida, correct? Yep. Where Whereabouts? Like Claremont. Oh, okay. It's you're, like... Yeah. Uh, right in the hub. Right in the <laughs> hub. Moto hub. Yeah, 30 minutes west of Orlando. So, Sick. like, dead smack in the center. Sick. Nice. Love it. Love yeah, it. Yeah, there's... Plenty of uh, facilities around here. <laughs> Claremont's like the Tallahassee of old, because back in the day it was like Tallahassee was like the Moto Hub, and now just Claremont's been away for like eight years or whatever it's been. Yeah, Tallahassee, it's air like, quotes. Yeah, closer to the Georgia line. But you know, anybody that know anybody that knows knows. So yeah, that's just funny that it's moved around over the past ten years. Yeah, whatever. Oh it's yeah, fun. and then kind of everyone went to Cali, and now everyone's coming from Cali to. Claremont. It's because California sucks. California is just a yeah. shithole of despair at this point. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Totally fine. Yeah, so. I wasn't. I wasn't a fan of that place when I lived out there. Mm. No. Yeah. So, so before we get rolling here, Eric, I gotta thank you. Yep. For some stuff in my past life. Oh, oh God, Jesus. here we go. <laughs> I, I just think it's it's so funny how it's come back around. So, uh, 2013 Loretta Lynn's the 450B class. Uh, you were yep. down there. Broke your collarbone. But he doesn't think it's awesome. <laughs> you probably don't think that's awesome, but I do. I got the spot. I'm the guy that got the spot. <laughs> oh, no way. Yep. I'm the guy that got that the spot. That's too funny. Yeah, I was pissed. Oh, I remember, <laughs> man. I We were down there, I and like, I was yeah. alternate, and uh, saw you in a sling, and I'm like, oh, man, I think I might be in. You know, so. what, the funny, you know what the funny part is? Is that my buddy from new england alex higley got my spot in 250b mod in the other class <laughs> yeah in the other class that i was down there in you want to you so want to tell eric too you... funny that now i've met both people that got because <laughs> of my injury yeah that's funny you probably never expected to get on this podcast and hear that you so. want to tell eric what you did with all what you, <laughs> no. what you did that year with that uh that stroke of luck i mean i put it in the top 20 for you so. <laughs> i uh yeah. I think I ended up 16th overall. Where'd you run in top 10 in that wow, mud moto? Awesome. Where'd you run in top 10 in that mud moto at one point? I thought uh, you were in like the ninth. first one I was and went down. I was in like eighth. And then I. Uh, it was the moto that Mick Swain like lapped everyone or some shit. Yeah, yep. And then I think I ended up 12th or something. That was my first trip ever and, first, and only trip to Loretta so far. So thank you, buddy. Yeah, that was my, <laughs> that was my third year. But yeah, hey, I'm happy I could help <laughs> someone out that week. Yeah. I was. I was pretty upset. <laughs> so that that leads me kind of into one of well not kind of but leads me into one of my questions for you. So that year you guys had the team started. Was that the first or second year you guys were doing kind of an amateur program? Or? That was the second year, I believe. Okay. So I remember just seeing the SK Energy shots on the side. Yep. And I thought that was yep. really interesting because I knew that was uh, part of Fifty Cents deal, I believe. So. Yep. Uh, are you able to go into any detail on how that came about? Was it connected in with Planet Fitness, or what was the deal there? Yeah, I always thought so that was pretty interesting. My dad, my dad was an investor in mm-hmm. in SK at the beginning, and so like we got to meet Fifty Cent and stuff. He came to the Planet Fitness headquarters and had a meeting with us. It was 
pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought I was a very cool kid in ninth grade when that happened. Oh yeah, you were bumping Disco Inferno for like a week. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, and then the deal went a little bit south, and they they didn't do too well, and they slowly fizzled out mm-hmm. of business. Oh, what was that? <laughs> I wonder what 50 cents. Yeah, like I mean, it person. looked cool. I felt like our setup was really cool. Yeah, I remember. It was it was real cool. It was me, Hayden Melross, and uh, Luke Clout. Dude, that <laughs> I've told these guys about this. Uh, I remember seeing you guys. I don't remember what the first national I saw you guys roll up to the first year you guys did it. But I'm like, because you know, obviously back then everybody had like a huge rig. And it's, I got to the point now, it's just like, you know, the semis and stuff, the team deals. But I'm like, who the fuck is rolling up to all these nationals with like just three guys and they're not affiliated at that point with like any of the factory teams? And then you guys yeah. were just killing it that year at every national. And I'm like, oh, like this is actually a legit thing. Then obviously, like, yeah, you know, like, everybody knows how well Luke did that year. Good results. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> those Luke. guys got us some good results. They were fast. Luke killed it that year. That was the year that he won a yeah. B title at Loretta's, right? Uh, I don't know if he won the title, but I think he won a moto or two. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that was so long ago. I know that Hayden Melross, he broke his hand in the very first moto. Mm. And so that was a big bummer for for him and the team. But Two Aussie legends. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. It was fun because they were, they were my homies at the time. So it was it was fun to travel around and go to the races together and just – you know, <laughs> represent cool companies. You still yeah. talk to Luke at all? Because, dude, that guy's that guy's a character. <laughs> no, no, uh, I haven't talked to Luke in a while. Um, I talk to Hayden every now and then. Yeah, but uh, those dudes are both killing it down in Australia. I think Luke's like multi-time champion down there now, and Hayden's. I, I watched one of their their races last year on YouTube, and <clears throat> they had a pretty good battle going. It was it was cool to watch just because like I used to watch them battle all the time in the amateurs and like even at the practice track at MTF those dudes would go at it all the time. Yeah, I would say outside of Jet and Hunter, obviously that like Luke is probably the most well known Aussie dude. Um, because yeah, I think I, he won the 450 title. I think he won the 450 title outdoors last year, and everybody knows like that insane battle when Josh Hill was over there for the X series that like those two went back and forth. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was bummed that, you know, the whole Supercross deal didn't really work out for Hayden or Luke. Yep. Because yeah. I felt like I mean, because Luke didn't come over here for very long. I think he only did that one year of Supercross here, and he did. I mean, he did pretty good. Yeah. I think he was top ten every race. Yep. And then I mean Hayden. I mean I, <laughs> when we were with the Geico team, I pushed hard for them to sign that kid because I mean he. He did not have very good equipment, and I mean, he—I don't know if he ever got a top five in a main event, but I know that he was like right on the cusp. I know that he got either sixth or seventh at an East-West shootout, and he was like battling with all factory dudes, and I was just like, "Come on, like this guy's gotta catch a break," and it just never happened for him. I was super bummed, but he's uh. He seems to be doing pretty well down in Australia now, so I'm happy for him. Yeah, those guys are. Uh... Yeah, those guys, man. I don't know. They they 
Yeah, when Luke came over here and he had the Penrite deal, like he was like he was top five a, a couple different times, or at least on the edge. I feel like, but I think honestly that if he yeah. got a shot over here, I think he'd be top ten all day long outdoors on a four fifty. I don't know how Supercross would be because obviously, like we know the difference between the way they build the Supercross tracks over there compared to here. But outdoors, I mean, last year he put the beat down on everybody. I mean, I remember looking at some of the results, and I think there was motos where he was winning by like fifty seconds. So wow, yeah, I, I feel like if he got yeah. a shot up. Here, I feel like he would be. He's top ten. I haven't seen Hayden Mel Ross any of his stuff in a while, but yeah, well, I gotta feel like those Aussie guys are gonna have a real good shot at that XX Global deal coming up. So. Oh, dude, and they're all about it, and oh, also would, Jackson Richardson. So. Yeah, so that'll be cool to see those guys get a shot on some. But I think it's gonna be some good equipment. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting who who ends up going to that oh, series. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're so we're far from waiting. what I've heard. There's <laughs> there's really no one over here that's going to it not that i've heard at least i've heard well michael lessie wants to do it he wants um, to go back and do 250 supercross next year well well he's like well there's no. <laughs> eric's like well, well. Yeah, he he put he was on whiskey throttle the other yeah. day he's like no whoop short track i think i can be good and he dropped that hep and genova we're doing something with it so there's at least two teams but yeah, yeah. um i don't know but yeah more questions i got i had we'll a see. few ready for you eric <laughs> um yeah Still with the team stuff, I remember how badass the bikes looked. Um, obviously, with you guys' affiliation into Geico Honda, how similar were those bikes to the factory bikes? Were there any parts that got trickled down, or did you guys try to stay, you know, within the amateur parameters kind of deal? On the, the SK bikes you're talking or, about? Or just any of your bikes in the amateur days, were, were you able to snag some parts from the factory level and try them out and, and, and that kind of stuff? Well, the SK days, I believe we were on BPM engines. Mm-hmm. BPM, and then I think we might have done a couple TLR motors. Um, I know that I had a TLR 450 at one point, and that thing was a rocket, rocket ship. ship. Title chance. Yeah, I pulled. Insane. I pulled the whole shot at Loretta's, uh, like two out of three motos in college boy and i didn't even have to shift the third gear the thing was so fast <laughs> <laughs> like, Title chance but that's also animal. why i couldn't hang on to it yeah um yeah but as far as like the amateur stuff goes basically once the sk team kind of unfolded and we just helped out rj um that was you know it wasn't necessarily a team anymore we just helped out rj because i i saw the the bikes that he was riding once i moved from mtf down to timmy's and i was like and he i think it was when he won minios that year on that like 05 honda 450 (laughs) in the b class and i was just like wow if this kid had some like decent equipment i think he could be good and so i I told my dad, I was like, dad, I was like, we got to help this kid out. And he was like, all right, if you think he's that good, like we'll do it. And then Villapoto shows up to, we were training at Tim Ferry's at the time and him and Jake Weimer came out and RJ held Villapoto off for 25 minutes in a 30 plus two. I mean, like and Villapoto was barely catching him the whole moto. And I was just like, I forget what happened. My bike must have blown up or something because I wasn't, I was watching, not riding. And uh, 
I was just like completely blown away. And it was both 30 minute motos that he was like almost the same speed as Villapoto. And he was like faster than Weimer. I was just blown away. And that's when I told my dad, I was like, dad, this guy's legit. Like we need to push to get him onto the amateur program for Geico. So that's when Geico started to help us out and give each of us some decent amateur motors. They weren't the same things that their factory amateur guys were on, Mm -hmm. but they were better than what we were on. And that's, that's pretty much what that was. And then when I was on, uh, supercross, whenever I was on Hondas, I had basically a step below what the Geico guys were running. Don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not, but <laughs> yeah, like team, suspension team's clamps not around and stuff. anymore, so I don't think, I think you're good, Eric. <laughs> what's a, what, what's a pretty step- much everyone knew anyways. So that's, that's part of the reason why I went, why I switched to KTM after Supercross um, in 2015 when I turned pro. Uh, after Supercross, I did my first two nationals. I broke my finger at my second national, and I switched to KTM right after that because <clears throat> I just it was I was kind of in my own head. But there was always kind of people that I was hearing that were talking behind my backs and like, oh, if I had that bike, I'd be way better than him. Like, blah 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 blah. So I was just like, I want to prove to these people that I can I can do it on a full privateer bike too. So that's when I went to KTM full privateer did did just as well it didn't didn't help or hurt really um i was on a completely stock 250f qualifying for nationals so i uh it went pretty well um what's a with the with the geico or with the with the hondas what a what does a step down mean like um are we talking like you don't have the tranny that the geico bikes have like like what are basically Anything that came from like factory Honda, okay, I wasn't allowed to get. Okay, clamps, probably yeah, uh, because they they didn't get much of it. Okay, and what they did get had to go to their factory guys, obviously. Okay, but I mean the the bike I still had was still fast as could be. Like the thing was an absolute rocket ship. Still to this day, it's probably better than half the privateer 250s out there hmm. oh, I, bet. I mean that that thing was fast they just those hondas they didn't handle very well the the front end was just very knifey mm-hmm. on those things i would say hmm. but <clears throat> still it was a great bike and very fun to ride <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's that's got to be cool because i always just think about man just like the little subtle differences that the guys at that level get and mm-hmm. how much of a difference that makes in yeah. lap time wise like i it's... remember the one thing was the the throttle bodies i didn't get the factory throttle bodies i knew that hmm. yeah or i know that interesting did you ever yeah. get to swing a leg over a full factory one out at the nest or anything like that yes yeah how was that <laughs> yes unbelievable i mean yeah it was just like i was like I'd almost prefer my bike because it's too fast. Yeah. Like, it, it would just, it would take so long to learn how to ride that thing because you literally just like, you barely gave it gas and you were 
three and into the rhythm section. It's like <laughs> it was you had to be careful not to like wheelie out of the corner. Well, how about chassis wise? Did it feel like you were like on a cloud? Like you could hit anything as fast as you wanted and it would absorb it? And like, how about that side of things? I mean, chassis wise, we were pretty much the same. Yeah. Because I had, I had a kit on my bikes. They had a kit on their bikes. I just was a year behind on the a kit, mm-hmm. like, which was actually a good thing in my first year because in 2015, my first year pro, they switched to air. And that's when air was supposed to be the new, better thing. And so I had last year's spring stuff. And so my bike probably handled better than some of theirs because everyone was just struggling with those air forks. Sweet. Yeah. No, that's interesting stuff that I like to hear about. Because, like, a goal in life would be, like, if I make a shit ton of money or something, I would pay a guy to just let me do five laps on a factory bike just to see. If you make a shit ton of money, you can just buy a factory Honda. Half a million bucks. <laughs> half a million bucks will buy you Ken Roxon's bike. Who says? Honda. Hey, what? Man, and, and Honda it, will sell you a a direct factory race bike for half source? a million bucks. Uh, I don't know. I heard it on some podcast. Uh, and I mean, it's really, been like a hundred yeah. sixty k for a pro cycle bike. I've never heard that. I've never I, heard that either. I can't remember what show it was because I listen to way too many podcasts while I'm working by myself. But yeah, no, half a million bucks will buy you exactly what ken rocks and rides so there you go so eric call your dad uh, and there we are (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ sorry had to Uh, throw it out there anyway um Uh, so you said you're gonna ride some nationals this summer yep yep i signed up for three right now which ones are you riding up for redbud southwick and unadilla hell yeah Hell yeah. yeah keep too, the travel a little light, too. Too bad he said Southwick. You could ask him if he had a two-stroke. You want to come up and make some money. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, because we're doing a, yeah, a local two-stroke race. I, uh, I haven't raced in three years since 2019, and I tried the whole Loretta's thing last year because I turned 25, so I did 25-plus, and that was miserable. <laughs> so it would be cool to go back, and it was just absolute just... It was torture <laughs> all over again. Well, Keith Harrison won that just, class, and he said the same thing. Yeah. It was just like, I was just like, man, why did I want to do this? Like, you mean because Loretta sucks? I my ass off for <laughs> two months, and I did terrible. Hey, man, you just... I just, <laughs> I just wasn't prepared. I thought that the track, it used to be a lot softer than it was. It used to bring in, like, hmm. sand around the whole track. And last year there was just the sand sweeper, and that was it. It was hard as a rock. Hey, look, man. Next time you want to throw away like a hundred grand for Loretta's, you can just call me. I will be glad to take half of that money for you and piss it away on something. <laughs> he so. is right, though. I remember back in the day for I practice, know. it was like fucking. It was like riding at a beach. Yeah, it was so. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah I that year to, we were down I, there. The worst part dumb. is, is I funded it. I funded it all myself, and I was just like, really like wow, why did I do this? I just spent five grand between area qualifiers, regional qualifiers, and then getting there, hotel, like all this stuff and travel. And I'm just like, what was the point of that? You don't even, you don't even get paid. Like, yeah, right. It it like opened my eyes too. You don't make much at a national, but at least you get some of it put back in your pocket. Yeah. It opened my eyes too. Like, Back in the day, the parents going down to the dealership and buying a fresh bike just to go to Loretta's with. We like, did that fuck. all the time, man. We would get fucking, we would get like four bikes after regionals and fucking just yeah. scrap everything. 
It is funny though, and I always yeah. say this. I always say this to people like that have never been to Loretta's. It's like your first time there, and you can talk about your first time there racing. Like it's always cool, but then after you've done it the first time, and you go back the second time, you're like, well, this is just a fucking pissing money in a way, and I don't know why I'm here. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just did it because I thought it would be fun and it would be good for adept for to have someone there racing, and I was just like. Yeah, this did not work out as planned. <laughs> Much easier to send down. five grand to a kid Literally, and let him run it. As I was leaving, I was forty-five minutes into the drive. Motorhome breaks down. Oh. Had to freaking turn around and come get drop the motorhome back off at the the nest, or now it's the Moto Sandbox, and get my van, load up the van, and me, my girlfriend, and our dog drove to Loretta's in the van and had to sleep in the van the first oh. night because we didn't get a hotel Been there, done that. because we were supposed to have the motor home. And yeah, it was just, it was a wreck. It started Gross. that way and it just snowballed. <laughs> it just didn't huh? go good yeah. from there. Oh man. Yep. I was just like, yeah, this, this was rough. This is not as hot <laughs> as it used to be though. That it made me really question my, uh, my love for dirt bikes. You're like, why am I, do- sure. like, why am I doing this right now? I don't now? think I touched my dirt bike for, a month and a half, maybe two months after Loretta's. <laughs> you, you sound, I, you sound like, like me. My love for dirt bikes goes as far as the air conditioned shop to the bike to the track in the yard back to the shop and the air conditioning. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, and I just I got super into road cycling, hmm. and so I just I was doing that five six days a week because I did a big race in Georgia. No, oh, okay. Um, at the end of September, so yeah, right after Loretta's, I just went full full cycle and just training every day pretty much for that race and then did the state championship here and it went pretty well and i was like yeah i think i found something new like this this will be fun and then i did a race again this year got my first podium the first road race of the season in florida nice and then got the new husky the new factory edition rode that thing and i was like oh my god i love riding my dirt bike again <laughs> yeah, yeah i was like it always i was back. like apparently i just hated my setup on my last bike like because i just i couldn't turn the thing i just just felt like i was all over the place and i just felt like the bike was always riding me and i was never riding the bike hmm. so i just i would just ride like once a week once every other week and then finally what a month ago when these factory editions came out or a month and a half ago i was like holy crap it's fun to ride again so now i've been (laughs) backing off the cycling and more into the riding thing and then i'm in the process of launching a new company so i was like you know what it would be pretty cool to have me doing a national or two. First, it just started with just Southwick because um, we're part owners in the national. So <clears throat> I was like, I can have a good parking spot. We can set up. We can talk to people, talk to people about it. My partners will come over and, uh, <clears throat> you know, it would just be cool, fun thing to do. Nice. And then <clears throat> my girlfriend and our buddy who was staying with us, they were like, no, you can't just do one. You got to do, you got to do at least two. And then I was like, yeah, all right. All right. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to do South, I can Dilla, 
I got to do Red Bud. I love Red Bud. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and my last Red Bud was my worst Red Bud because it was the only Red Bud I didn't qualify for. Mm. And I, uh, I made the mistake of I was in A practice, which I had been in A practice all year in 2019. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try something different this practice. And I'm going to go out first with everyone that like the top 15 guys that take off and just pin it from the start. And I was like, maybe I can just like fall into their pace. Well, that was a big mistake because you're just eating Ruth the whole entire practice. And I just never got a clean lap. There was always people everywhere. And so I just, I was like 44th or 42nd overall after first practice and then second practice comes around and it 450s were first that day. So 450 B group goes before us. Everyone's lap times were like four seconds slower than their first practice times. Hmm. And I was just like, Oh no, this is not good. And so I went out there, went out dead last. Like I used to always do. And I just would latch on to like rock center Tomac. Cause those guys always hang back. And <clears throat> I think I was like 26th fastest or 24th fastest, something like that. I would have been overall had it gone by second practice times. Hmm. And I was only like, I can't remember if I was two tenths faster or two tenths slower in the second practice, but everyone else was like two to three seconds slower in the second practice. And I literally ran the same lap time. I was within the same second and I was just like, damn it. Like I'm such an idiot. <laughs> so then I had to go to the LCQ and I was like, whatever, I'll just qualify out of the LCQ and dropped the gate started like ninth or so got into fourth by the end of the first lap and they red flag it. And I'm just <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Cause I knew that meant it was a full restart, not a staggered start. So we go back to the gate and I'm like, all right, just get a better start. And going into the first turn, I was like, I wasn't going to get the whole shot, but like I was still up there in the front of the pack and this dude on the inside, I don't know if he whiskeyed or what he was thinking, but he literally just held it wide open into me and just smoked me. And we went down and there was a pile up and I was dead last, probably 15 seconds behind the pack. And in a four lap race, I got up to oh, like yeah. eight I think or I remember nine. This race. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I set the fastest lap of the LCQ coming through the pack. I passed like 18 guys in one lap. It was stupid. I was like, this is like the best I've rode in my life today. Other than the first practice, like I deserve to be out there. <laughs> I was so mad. And so I was like, all right, well I didn't make it, but I can still line up as an alternate. And the dude who finished right in front of me was the last alternate to get to line up for both <laughs> motos. One of those so days. I just, it was just like a slap in the face both times. I was just like, are you kidding me? Cause like, I hate being that guy to like go line up for like as an alternate, but at the same time I was riding so good and I felt so good on the bike that I was like, I got it. Like I got to go for it at least and just hope that I get on the gate and it just, it didn't happen for me. Hmm. So I was, I was pretty upset. <laughs> That's rough. 
What year was that? Yeah, needless to say, 19. that was 2019. Needless to say, I, I worked my ass off the next month and made sure that I didn't miss another national, and I qualified for every one that I went to after that. Hell yeah. Yeah, I remember that year. I remember that pileup. Wasn't that when you rode that 125 Dream Race, Cole? Did they do the one twenty five? I think that was the year you rode that. I think it was. Yeah, it had to have been twenty nineteen. Yeah, slow ass CR. Yeah. Well, I could have told you that. Come to find out, slow. the piston was sticking. Nice. Oops. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I got a, I got one I got one question for him. So you're doing these three rounds and stuff. Um, obviously you're going there to have a good time, but do you have any expectation? Are you going to train for it, or like I said, is it just going to oh, be? Oh yeah, hey, I mean I'm definitely okay. training for it. I I wouldn't. You know, nationals are no joke. Like, I have so much respect for those dudes. Like, yep. obviously, the top factory dudes are in incredible shape. But, like, even us privateers, like, people – I don't know if people know that, like, we work just as hard. And if not, some of them maybe even harder. Some of them less, obviously. But <laughs> it, there's a very – very big majority of us that that worked our ass off to be there and so it's not it's not something that i take lightly like if i'm out there like i want to you know at least be able to show everyone that like i can make it yeah the whole moto too like i don't want to be one of those guys that like just has that incredible fast lap talent which i don't have i don't have that ability to just turn my brain off that's why i've always been like on the cusp of mm. making it in at nationals and because <clears throat> there i mean i've seen some guys qualify like 11th and then i got the last spot and i pass them halfway through the moto and they're just rolling around the track and i'm just like what like what is the point of that like give it to someone who wants to be out here yeah mm -hmm. and that that just always makes me mad so i would definitely i would never never just go there and just take a spot on the gate yeah. so i'm definitely i'm started a diet a couple weeks ago or actually not a couple weeks ago last week <laughs> <laughs> and i've uh i've been trying to ride four days a week i only got two and a half days last week because my shock blew out <laughs> but um <clears throat> yeah i was on the bicycle basically just gonna drill myself into the ground until about three weeks before the first race and then I'll start lightening my training up and just start to let the body recover. And hopefully I'll be able to, to make a 30 minute moto. It's, it's been a long time since I've, since I've done one, especially at that pace on those tracks. But my biggest thing is just going to be arm pump because yeah. I never really used to get it that bad when I was racing um at the at the pro level all the time but now that's been like that was my thing at loretta's last year is just like i trained for two months but it still wasn't enough for my body to be able to get rid of that like riding feeling all the time and on all the different surfaces so when i went to the hard pack track at loretta's and i'd been training on mostly sand and softer dirt my arms were just like this is not what we're used to riding like <laughs> so that's that's going to be my biggest thing right now is just finding the gnarliest stuff and hardest stuff to ride on and just get rid of that arm pump as soon as i freaking can <laughs> yeah well don't worry your first national back in a while is the roughest track of the year so you'll be fine yeah <laughs> what 
South Red, Rick or Red Bud? Red Bud. Mm, I don't know that you can call Red Bud the roughest national. You don't here. think so? Mm, I don't think so. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> Red yeah. Bud's rough. What would you Red go Bud's with? rough, but Southwick is absolutely obliterated yeah. every single year. Yeah. I mean, it's just because there's like at least at Red Bud, you have jumps yep. to take a break on. Southwick, you have like you're in the air for maybe a half a second. Yep. Like there's just there's no hang time there. You're just constantly pounding yep. sand rollers and the braking bumps are ridiculous like they're literally like whoops hmm. in some areas well hey at least you know a guy to get a little training in there huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know if they're doing it anymore because we used to be able to ride there like every wednesday and so we would get a lot of time on the track and of course it would never be rough like the national but like at least it was time on on the dirt mm-hmm. but i don't know I can't remember. I thought that they might have stopped doing that. I don't know. But either way, I'm not going to have <laughs> the uh, the luxury of doing that this year. I'm going to go up to New England probably two weeks before Southwick or three weeks before Southwick. So I'll try and get up there a couple times. And uh, sorry. You're such a punk. My girlfriend just walked over to me and just handed me a quarter for absolutely no reason. It's, not, it's a good chick right there. <laughs> just, yeah. Here's a here's a quarter. Go get an Aldi's car. Oh my god, yeah. homeless man ain't got no rent. Um, uh, all right. So one more question for you because I told you we'd only keep you about a half an hour. What's this? Uh, what's this new company that you're launching here? What are we? What do we got going on? Yeah. So the company is going to be called Zaffle. We are going to be buying uh, brand new dirt bikes, raffling them off, and then donating a portion of the proceeds to charity. Sweet. So it's just going to be an online fundraising platform, essentially. And just you know, we want to we want to do something good for the motocross community and help give back. And you know, hopefully in turn, it helps grow the sport and get more eyeballs to you know people on dirt bikes. And so- hopefully, you know, I. I hope whoever wins it, you know, is someone that can't afford a brand new dirt bike or something like just, I hope it goes to the, to someone who deserves it at least. But I mean, that's, that's all part of it. It's, it's a raffle. Um, it has to go to a second party company that like does raffle picking. It's like the law here in the U S yeah. But yeah, right now we're just wrapping stuff up on the, the legal side of things to get going but uh we've got we partnered with christian craig on the first one we got a brand new yz 450 uh it's all decked out with adept graphics and we've got some some good people that have <clears throat> donated a couple parts for the bike pro taper has given us some stuff um i think fmf is sending us a pipe i'm not a hundred percent sure if they have any but i know that they were trying to and then uh, our first charity that we're working with is Veteran MX, and they're out of California. Okay. So, awesome. yeah, awesome. my partner will be uh, out at Pala Raceway for the first national. So if you guys are out there, stop by and say hello. He'll be with the, the Veteran MX tent. There will be a table with Zaffle on it, and uh, he'll be happy to, 
to talk to you guys about it and talk to any fans that are there about it. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, we'll be at Redbud for sure. Yeah, Redbud will be there. We will not be out at I'll Paula. I'll be there. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'll be at Redbud. Well, great. Yeah, Don't that'll worry. be a great one for you, too. Lots of exposure. Yeah. It's obviously the most attended event, I feel, on the circuit. Yeah. Bar none. So Red get a lot of eyes. Yeah. Yeah, Redbud definitely is the most attended. Okay. Excuse me. Most attended. Sick. <laughs> How much time do we have with Eric? I, I I told him like 20, 30 minutes. So we're okay. We're, we're, I had one I more mean, question, but we can more, save it. I'm, I'm good. If you guys have more. Yeah. This this will be the last one. Um. So I like. I've always thought it would be cool as hell to design gear. Um. But I could never f- sit down and, and figure out Photoshop or or want to do that kind of stuff or Illustrator or whatever. Um. So the alias deal. You were designing all the gear, correct? That was your baby, that company? Well, it wasn't necessarily my baby. My dad was a partner in it. Yep. And I think 2015 was... 2014 or 2015 was the first time I ever had a colorway. I didn't do the design. Yep. But I, like... Because I was just learning at that point how to, like do everything mm-hmm. so i was a complete novice in design did you teach yourself how to do everything colors so yeah, yeah yeah i was all self-taught i didn't i just watched youtube videos and just played around with it until i figured it out and then i've worked with a couple designers here and there for a couple days but other than that it's pretty much just been all self-taught um but in 20 i want to say 2017 was my first full lineup and 2016 was my first design that i did Mm -hmm. and now looking back i'm just like oh man like i was such a clown at that point like (laughs) design wise like there was just stuff that i should have lined up better done stuff differently but i mean that's how it goes yep. i mean people were still stoked on it i was stoked on it at the time i still have and, some of the gear uh, yeah. <laughs> i still yeah. wear it well, the, the buttery the 20, situation too that helped a ton the 2018 mm-hmm. line the 2018 line that was um that was all me um yeah, 2017, I think I only had one of the designs because there was some miscommunication when we were putting someone else in charge. And they didn't know that I was designing the stuff. They didn't know who was. <laughs> Oops. But <clears throat> we still had some cool stuff. But, yeah, 2018, um, we had Trifecta, Burst, and uh, I can't even remember the name of the other one. But that uh, that was all my stuff. And we had a we had a cool group of people, and it was it was definitely a, a bummer that it didn't work out. But yeah, that yeah, leopard print stuff. I'm hoping the to bring it was... back someday. I'm I'm working working on it slowly but surely. Yeah, we need Just to bring it back. Find the right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to find the right way to do it. I don't want to do it and not and do not it fast. half-assed. Like <laughs> I want it. Yeah, I want to do it right. So yeah. I, I, I always I want to get it made here in the U.S. That's that's my big goal. Yeah, yeah. that'll be killer. I I always noticed that, at least maybe it was a buttery thing or maybe it was you a design thing, but it always went really well with the limited edition Tech Tens and some of the boots. Was that planned or just kind of worked out? Uh, some of it, 
was kind of planned. Some of it, it, that's just how it worked out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Alpine stars seem to always have those crazy colorways with limited editions. And we would just have happened to have a colorway that matched up. And then I remember one year, um, once I was like, I had a couple friends at Alpine stars, they would show me the boot early Mm -hmm. so that we could make a set of gear to go with it. Yeah, and so all the sick. Geico guys would look really sick. Yeah, <laughs> that's super sick. Cause I, I noticed kind of toward the end there, it was, it was starting to match up a little bit, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder. So yeah, yeah, I think it was only, it might have only been like one or two boots that we got to do that with, because it was right towards the tail end. Mm-hmm. But it was still cool. Yeah, that's cool as hell. Especially you know with the graphic company and stuff. You know, obviously you have a creative side in your head so um yeah i love i love designing yeah especially gear man ever since i was a little kid i mean i used to friggin i used to draw gear designs on a piece of paper when i was like 10 11 12 years old and i would have my dad send it or hand it to people at fox at the races (laughs) hey let me get a royalty deal out of this that's awesome yeah one day they were like hey like can we use this never happened but you know, it was it was worth a shot. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Well, hey. hey, it worked out a little bit down the long run. You got to yep get some yep. stuff out there, and that's got to be a cool feeling as well, seeing your shit on the podium and stuff like that. So yeah, no, it was definitely awesome. Like the first time, uh, my first design was like that pink tiger stuff that they wore in Vegas. Yeah, there was like a pink tiger and an orange tiger. That was my first. Not it was like half design was me and half design was whoever even made it at the time. I don't remember who did it. Um, cause I was just, I was racing at the time. So I wasn't out at the office or anything. I just had the files on my computer and I would just play with it. And that's, that's what I came up with. And I, I'm pretty sure we got some guys on the podium at that race. So it was, it was definitely a cool feeling. And Probably the best feeling, though, was that pink tiger stuff is there is a picture of Justin Bieber wearing that gear <laughs> no in shit. Sweden. Wow. Yeah. How he, did that spike so, the sales? Did you see anything from that exposure, like, come along, I guess, on I the analytics side? I don't think so. No. I don't know. It was, it was like, super hard to track. I don't, I don't think it really did that much for us just because, like, he was – I don't even know if he had Instagram at that point. I think that might have been when he went dark mm. um, on social media for a while. Possibly real a lot of moto people on there, the Bieber. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, so like we found out like how it happened though. So he was in Sweden and he walked into one of our distributors over there and to get some gear and go do some riding and that was the gear that he picked out out of all the gear that they had there. So I was hmm. like, that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty damn cool. cool. <laughs> that's pretty damn cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it shows how hard so. it, how hard it is to do stuff like that and design shit that'll spark people's attention, especially in the motocross world where people's mm-hmm. attention spans aren't long. Because I remember when Blake Dungey tried that stuff for a while and like he was gaining some traction and then like he realized that he just, he was having creative issues and, I don't. I think yeah. he ended up starting to design like clothing or whatever. But like he got into the gear stuff for a while there, and it just it never went yeah. past like a year. 
Yeah, Blake actually had reached out to me at one point. To, he wanted to work for Alias, but obviously, like, that was my job, so, like, yeah. it was kind of hard. Yeah, yeah. They're like, no, like, man, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, we're not we're not that big yet. Yep. Um, but he, like, I sent him over one of our design files, and he, like, made this mock-up, and it, it was super sick. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, like, we can't. We can't pay two designers. Well, yeah. I wasn't even getting paid, so <laughs> I was just gonna say maybe you got a royalty check or something, that. but Yeah, it was like we just had to I just got to do it and I was just stoked to be doing it. I mean my payment was my dad was sending me to the races, so I was I think I it worked out. I didn't need anything on top of that. Yeah. I was more than thankful just to be able to be out there. Good trade. My Good dream. trade. <laughs> yeah, great trade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like the, the self-accomplishment of like seeing your designs out there and having people be stoked on yep. them. Like, mm-hmm. that's cool. Especially when the Instagram stuff came around and I'm, yeah, I'm sure no, you I scrolled mean, through dude, the comments on all the buttery people. stuff. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. That was a bummer how that deal ended. Oh, would we like to talk about that? Because we're good on. We, we, yeah. Oh boy, here we go. I'm gonna say. Uh, well, was no. there a little bit of like drama on the back end with him, or what? What's up with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just he couldn't. He didn't have the balls to call me or tell me. Oh. Like he he. So when Alias shut down in 2018, it was supposed to be temporary, <laughs> and I was gonna bring it back, like on the basis that buttery was still going to be with us because mm-hmm. we lost the Geico team to shift. And so I really had no one to promote the stuff, which I don't even know that I would have needed it, but I just kind of wanted that safety. You know, I had never like, I was actually going to be running the business at that point. And I was super young. I think I was only like 23 at the time. Um, Cause yeah. 2022 maybe and so it was just a lot for me to to handle and not have you know that hey this is for sure who's going to be promoting it and he's got a solid enough following to to make it survive Mm -hmm. and so he called me he told me hey i've got this offer from o'neill they're gonna pay me like i think it was like 10k i was like he's like but if you guys are for sure coming back like i'm alias for life you guys were my first sponsor that gave me free stuff like i won't go anywhere and i was like no like we're coming back a hundred percent like i'm like i mean if you have to take it then like that sucks but like i'm like he's like no no he's like if you guys are coming back i'm i'm alias for life and i was like okay I was like, I promise you. I was like, dude, I'll get you samples sent out ASAP if you're, like, running low on gear. Because I made sure that he had, like, probably 30 sets that year. Like, he he had a lot. And that's when we were working on a buttery LE with Yeah, I remember with the pocket and shit. Yep, yep. It was pretty sick. That that kid did some good work, Everett. Um, But, yeah, and then literally, like, I don't know if it was a week later or two weeks later. So I'm thinking like in my head, I'm like, all right, we're good. And I was on the phone, like with my guy that we were going to use for, um, for manufacturing to make sure that we could get him some stuff. And then all of a sudden I see him wearing this all black O'Neill kit. 
on Instagram and I'm like, but he just posted a story. He didn't tag them or anything. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like he just needed some gear, like not a big deal. But then the next day, so like, I don't even think I said anything to him. I was just like, all right, like whatever. It's all blacked out. Like you could barely even see the logos. And then the next day he's wearing this bright neon kit and he tags him. He's like so stoked to be part of the O'Neill family. And I was like, I replied to his story. I was like, dude, what's going on? Like, what's with O'Neal? And he reads it and doesn't respond. So then I'm like, okay. So then I text him and I was like, hey, man, like, what? what's up with O'Neal? Like, can you call me? No response. So then I, the next day, I tried giving him a call to see if he would pick up. Won't pick up the phone. So then I'm just like, all right, cool. So I just went on his Instagram, saw people were commenting, like one person said, what happened with Alias? And I said, good question. (laughs) (laughs) Savagery. And and then, and I think that was it. And I was just like, whatever. And then I was pissed. And then I'm buddies with Dean Wilson. Dino happened to sign with O'Neal that year. He posts on his Instagram. It was the year that he was like, privateer husky and so i did all of his merch that year Mm. and designed like his team look except for his graphics um because he had already made a deal before my company launched and that might have even been the year before but um that's besides the point i commented on dean's post saying lit kit with a fire emoji and buttery replies to my comment and says funny how you say this on his post but you talk shit about o'neill on mine and i was like i just i lost it i was like dude i was like first of all i have nothing against o'neill like i have not said anything bad about o'neill and just like i just listed out exactly what happened what i just told you guys because he couldn't even pick up the phone and when he commented that I picked up my phone immediately and called him because I was just like, I was like, we need to freaking hash this out. Like, just, just have the decency to call me and just say you're just sorry. Just talk it out. Be a man. Be like, you know what? Yeah, like, that's all I wanted. All I wanted was for him to say, you know what, Eric? Like, I'm really sorry. I know that I told you I was alias for life, but I really needed the money. And they were going to take the contract away or whatever, like, or, you know, I just really needed the money. So I had to take the deal. And that's all he had to tell me. I would have been like, damn, that really sucks. But like, I get it. You have to eat. You have to like, you have to survive. You have to live. I fully understand that and respect that. It's just that he didn't have the decency to call me and let me know that that was going to happen. I had to find out by him posting it on Instagram. And it was just like, that really sucks because, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought that we were friends because he would come hang out with me when I lived in California. We'd go riding together. And it just, to go from that to just can't even pick up the phone and tell me, like, or like, even, he couldn't even reply to me when I was reaching out to him. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, dude. That's just that's lame. Yeah, that's but he could so respond lame. on Dean's post. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. But then he responds and wants to talk shit to me on Dean's and try to make me look bad. I'm like, dude. I'm like, 
literally all you had to do was pick up the phone. Yeah. Even today, if you picked up the phone and said, hey, dude, I'm sorry, I should have told you, like, are we cool? I'd be like, yes, like, I don't care. I'm not going to hold on to that forever. But, like, you just – you got to have respect in this industry. And yep. just no one – No not, one does. Not no one, but – not a lot of people have that respect and can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, nah, Butter's too big time now for that. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> he's a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's, Connor's a real cool dude. He's a nice guy, dude. I mean, you listen yeah, to him on Gypsy, whatever. he's a nice guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> whatever. We're going to start some beef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, that's that is pretty shitty. I never bought into that. Yeah, just, I always enjoyed hanging out with him. He's funny. He's a funny dude. But yeah, that just, that was, that wasn't cool. And, you know, it's whatever at this point, but yeah, that's still like an apology. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Hey, but don't still, worry. We're going to blast this out. We're going to get an apology. Maybe we can blast this yeah. out and restart the alias brand around butter. <laughs> all I'm saying is, he's got to yeah, say I sorry probably, for probably pick a better. Person. All I'm saying is that if you restart alias gear oh boy, with made in the USA, I'm fully in. I'll buy every single set. I mean, you still get shit for rocking yeah, the old Geico you. jacket. <laughs> Dude, I know, I know. So funny, so funny, Jeff, funny story. Out of business. Funny story here before we let you off the phone, Eric. So I'm wearing the uh, uh, Geico Honda jacket from the like their last one. year. Yeah, one of their puffy ones at like Detroit Supercross, and we run Detroit. into your boy Jeff Walker, and uh, so we're oh, saying no. what's up, and he walks up and he goes, "You know that team doesn't exist anymore," and I'm like, "Bro, it's fucking vintage. What do you mean?" This and it's like Mike awesome. Rondall appreciates that. Yeah. Exactly. But as he says this, he's wearing a TLD Honda sweatshirt. I yeah, am. I have a bunch yeah. of vintage Honda gear. Okay, leave me alone, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's Jeff's fi- an awesome dude. I love Jeff. Yeah, Jeff's cool. Grew up with him. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on, but we gotta let you go because we got another guest coming up, bro. But uh, th- all right, sounds good. Thanks th- for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Thanks for supporting the show, and thank, uh, you, thank you. I'll be in contact here because I need some graphics for my 250F and my pit bike and some yep. other shit so awesome. <laughs> yep. yeah that thanks for coming on eric know. thanks for the the transparency on the on stuff we the don't stuff get in the motor industry that often yeah, yeah hopefully we can get you on again here soon yeah absolutely thanks guys yep. right, take, take it easy, easy eric. later bud all right, all right. eric grondall from Depp creative co yeah some that interesting little interesting tidbits in, there. tidbits in there so all right well you guys want to take one quick break here and then we got coach coming up yep. yeah we'll take one real quick kev was going coach through coming up Kev was, huh? When's coach coming on? Next. Like eight. Like so in whenever you want to call him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like in two minutes here. Yeah. Real oh, soon. Right. So we'll take a quick couple minute what break. What were you saying here. about Kev? Uh, he was going through a dead zone. He texted oh. me like halfway through that. So I was like, sorry, I'm in a huge dead zone. So we'll talk to coach and then we will. Uh, got some stuff Kev's to talk driving, about. Kev driving, wants to talk to somebody. Yeah. Kev, Kev <laughs> wants, maybe we'll call him back. We got some stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah. We got some other stuff before to we talk end the show, about. anyways, too, after so, coach is done. Oh, what do you got? Yeah. Don't worry about it. We'll get there. We'll get there when it's time. Well, it's kind of about a certain person, and there's also a little thing I want to throw in there. I we'll get there when it's time. Oh, what? It's not it right, confirmed. Hey, Calm stop. down. These, we'll be, we'll these right dudes back. don't debrief me. We'll be right back. You, We'll be right back. All right. And uh, next guest up on show 200 here is brought to you by Energy Fuel, the best fucking drink out there. Keep yourself fueled, energized, and strong from start to finish. Pick yours up today at CoachRobStore.com. That's CoachRob with two Bs, store.com. And it is. The one, the only, the returning champion, Coach Rob. Hey, buddy. How are you tonight? Champion of life. I am doing great, man. It's good to hear your voices and uh, keep up. I just can't tell you how proud I am. Keep up what you're doing with the show. 
I got more and more people asking me about the show. I just, you guys are killing it. I'm not saying that because it's the three amigos and we finally got the band back together, but uh, keep up the good work. You guys are doing a fantastic, fantastic job. Just... Well, Justin's as red as the shirt he's wearing over there. You <laughs> Scott just, just gets us going. Scott just gets us going. Jeez. Yeah, you look like that SpongeBob meme where he's like blushing. <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> Uh, so, Coach, what's up with you, man? What's been new in the uh, Coach Rob universe here? Because uh, you've kind of been on a hiatus here. You have, you've you done Cooksey and the Coach, I think, once in the last couple months. We haven't had you on the show because you've just been busy super shit. busy doing stuff. So what what's new in the Coach Rob universe here? Oh, man. Uh, thanks for asking. No, it's it's good. We've uh, we've got a new a new project that we're launching with David Pingree. We'll be out in California, actually, um, a week from Wednesday. You guys will see a bunch of that popping on the media side of things. And then uh, for those of you that follow me on social media, and we talked a lot about uh, the aftermath of getting the COVID shot, we are actually on our way to the UK. We're going to be there for 10 weeks, and we're going to be – we're very fortunate. We're going to be landing in southern – uh, we're actually going to be landing in London starting with a camp at Goose's uh, course there. So we're very fortunate for that. And then we're just going to make our way up the East Coast and in Scotland for some of the people who are MXGP followers. You guys may remember Kevin Murray. He rode for a couple MXGP teams, got into the off-road world, and he's an eight-time gold medalist at the ISDE. So he started a company called Ride Scotland. So we'll fly into London, do Goose's course, We'll make our way. We have eight stops along the way. We're going to be doing some presentations at Grass Track. Uh, we're going to be doing some moto. We'll be doing some speedway, as they call it over there. And then when we get up to the northern part, we'll be in Scotland. They're doing what's called a two-wheeled festival, where they're hmm. expecting around 5,000 motorcycles. And they're yeah. actually doing wow. a race around a castle. That's awesome. That's so, awesome. Uh, yeah. So we're going to be presenting on Wednesday, or excuse me, on Friday and Saturday night. And then when we get there, we jump over to Ireland. And for those of you that follow the MXGPs like Justin does, we're actually going to be a Desert Martin at oh, that MXGP track. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, I'm so jealous. So we get, a, we get a chance to go there, and then we go south to uh, another track in Ireland. And then we actually fly back to London. We have another presentation, and then we go to Amsterdam for the final two weeks. So it's it's a lot of windshield time, but I'll tell you the, the Everybody in the UK has been extremely, extremely embracing of the ideas. I mean, our camps are not your traditional, like I always say to you guys, you know, I'm not going to sit here and dis- disagree or agree with whether or not you should use one or two fingers on the front brake. I want you guys to understand how do I take the work I do off the bike, whether it be nutrition or strength or flexibility or cardio, how do I translate that over to the motorcycle? So that's what we're doing. We've been invited. Roy, who runs the organizing body over there, the acronym is called NORA, and uh, we are actually working with them. We're building an elite development program. Get this, guys. What a novel idea. We are building a junior development program through the organizing body in the UK using our model that we use here with our Moto E amateur development program. The entire organizing body wants to take it. They're taking their national championship, and every one of their winners is going to be on our elite team. Sweet. Cool That's a that wild idea, Coach. <laughs> Just a wild Party. idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, and then to be embraced by the governing body of it. And uh, so we're very excited. I don't say that arrogantly. 
Um, I've, I've had some discussions when we were in Australia a couple of years ago. <clears throat> That's still in the works. But it's nice because the governing body wants the sport to grow. Um, like they said, they're not trying. What I do complements and supplements all riding coaches. And so that's what I've been really trying to focus on. So it's it's been good. I mean, since we last got a chance to talk, we've been super busy. But like we always say when we get the band together, you know, we've been doing this for 37 years. So it's the 37-year overnight success. So, <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> but it's good to be back with the – it's good to have the band back. I know I've said it three times already, but it's good to hear your voices, and I love to hear the laughs. And how, you, how the hell are you guys doing? Before we get too deep into this, how are you three amigos doing? Well, me and Justin are very aware that our ages now start with a three. <laughs> um, yes. We're, I now have a, a bum shoulder and a trick knee. Uh, mm. So that's fun. And uh, <laughs> which, by the way, when you come up here for that camp, best believe I have about a half an hour of picking your brain on Friday about <laughs> what the hell's going on with my trick knee here because it's awesome. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let, let's put it this way it's so awesome. And I've blown out a knee before. Uh, I've torn ACL and meniscus and had it rebuilt. Uh, same knee, uh, but uh, it's literally a running one day, twinge in it, running on a treadmill. Super weird. Finished my three-mile run. Next day, can't walk up the fucking stairs with it. For like three days, can barely walk. And then on day four, just sitting on the toilet doing my thing in the morning, stand up, and just all of a sudden everything's back to normal. And then it's cool for about a week, and then it kind of gets sore again, so I take about a month off of doing anything intense. And then it's cool. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's not good again. So, uh, yeah. So, it's a real interesting mm. thing. I mean, it takes me 10 minutes to get out of bed because of my back. So. <laughs> Justin's ankles sound like he's walking on <laughs> Oh, rocks. my God, dude. St. Louis. That was so ridiculous. I didn't uh, even really realize until you guys told me that, like, every time I walk, my ankle just pop, pop, oh, pop. Yeah. Oh, you know what else we haven't talked to Coach about, though, here since, since uh, we took our St. Louis? So, Coach, we went on a boys' trip to St. Louis, the three of us. Uh, went down there I for Supercross. Social media. Yep. I was living vicariously through you. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, so we go, here's a fun one for you. So we go to the Pulpamex live show. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> this is, hey, hey, this is, this is hold on. Just, this gets better. Oh, yeah. This you're going to like This gets better. Oh. So, so I buy tickets. Coach is just thinking, why the fuck did you go to that? Oh, no, 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 no. Coach knows exactly why we went to that. And Coach <laughs> is going to love where this story is going. So, uh, we uh, let me put my tinfoil hat on here for a second. Yeah. So we walk into this Pulpamex live show, and mind you, I had bought tickets for us month and a half mm-hmm. in advance, at least. As soon as we decided we were doing the trip, and I found out there was a pulp show, I was like, "Dude, we're fucking going!" Because usually when I go to a race, it's with the chick and the kid, and it's like, ah, eh, they don't know anything about it. The kid's not going to sit through it. Whatever, guys, trip, cool. Sure. We're fucking doing it. So anyway, we walk in. They have a big ass list, like four pages of people who have bought and paid for tickets, right? And I tell them the name. And they look, and they look, and they look, and magically, we aren't on the list. <laughs> Imagine that. So weird, right? And then they uh, go, so weird. They go, well, do you have a thing? Uh, do you have your registration number or whatever? Which I had screenshotted when I bought them, so I had it just Smart in case man. something happened. And I go, just yeah, maybe happen. Yeah, and I and I pull it up, and and they go, oh well, you know, we we've had some people that aren't on the list, and I'm thinking, you know, I didn't buy the tickets yesterday. Okay, this wasn't I bought the tickets and they didn't get printed on the list. I bought the tickets a month and a half ago. We were on yeah. the list. 
we weren't on the list for some for for some reason. We'll air quote some, some reason. Weird reason. Some weird reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so that's that's my tinfoil hat story of the live Pulp MX show that by we way, magically weren't on the list for. Garbage show, by the way. Did they make you pay? Did they make you pay to get in again? Oh no 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 no! no, no. I had the thing okay. and they gave us wristbands okay. and we got in, so it was cool. But uh, show was garbage. Yeah. Well, it. It was I think a lot of it had to do fucking with fucking Logan Carnow because Carnow and his crowd, he's so he's riding crowd. his OnlyFans yeah. high right now. Thinks yeah, he's the fucking, fucking everybody man. talking and yeah. yelling and screaming, and they would shut the fuck up. There was an upstairs section coach, and there was people talking like the entire to the point that like Weege was, you could tell Weege was getting very upset with them being up there being loud. Look, I told you guys the only reason I even wanted to go to that show was because of Kiefer, because outside everybody else there, they kissed my ass. <laughs> Justin Bogle was there, dude. Bogle was Justin there. Bogle was there. Hey man, and Phil I, was Phil. I so like I. So so agree with you, Justin. I'm totally. I've never met Kiefer, yep. but he seems like the most legitimate dude ever. I mean, he he calls a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. He's, he's he speaks. He thinks before he speaks. He doesn't. I don't know. I I, I look forward to meeting him one day because he seems like a, just a cool overall dude. He also calls Matheson on his bullshit when he's like not agreeing with him, which everybody else on that show. I like. I know that uh, him. And, I think JT argues with him. A little yeah, bit. but I feel like, J- and I don't disagree. They obviously do argue a lot, but I feel like it's become now like a thing as part of like getting the show over. Whereas, like, I feel like Kiefer will just like the whole home life thing. Like Kiefer yeah. is all about that, and Mathis isn't on board. And Kiefer every time will be like, "No, totally." And then <laughs> that was another part of the show. Saw somebody propose to somebody else because yeah, I don't know if know. I'd want to propose to my chick. In a no, that show, dude probably got yelled at. yeah you think so yeah but needless to say it was quite interesting that we just magically weren't on that list yeah that was great (laughs) so that's that's awesome did you guys get it on video and documented no uh i i think i might have that part i don't know i was i got this little insta 360 camera or i don't know insta 1x or whatever it like goes on the visor of your hat so it's like pov all day so i was playing with that and i might have it i might have it I'd have to love it. The show wasn't that great. Hey, man. But it, it was it was, yeah, it was worth going to see it, once. It was a cool little location. I mean, it was something to do on Friday night. But yeah. I think we had more fun at PBR. We did it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, the, oh, hey, God. let's put it this way, Coach. There's some people in the pits that we saw on Friday night at the bar. There's some loose programs flying around. There's some very lax there. programs, whether they <laughs> be privateers or not. Programs. Absolutely. Yeah, and no, I'm going to be... I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. Some of the people that work at some of the teams, some just rando people, they're not really the coolest people in the world because they're fucking weird. Yeah, like those people at Kawasaki. Yeah, mm. eh, whatever. Oh yeah. So basically, Factory know. Kawasaki was there. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Factory Kawasaki outside of Anderson. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, yeah. No, it was it was a good time, Coach. So yeah, and that's awesome. Good. We're, we're still job, all kicking. Guys. It's it's funny these guys talk about they're they're getting older and feeling it with threes. Mm-hmm. I uh, still I'm a twos. little behind. I'm 27, but uh, you'll get there when it's went riding the other day, and so we're we're doing the Tucker E Power Tour. <laughs> um, Jeez. With with some of the e bikes and e motorcycles, I'm, I'm sure you've talked with Chris about it a little bit. Hey, but, Justin, uh, sure. We missed yep. our. I had a rental uh, van and I for could, that. Yeah, we don't get invited to anything. Dude, I only going. had the van for like two days. Oh, um, oh. it's been a quick in and out thing. A lot of a lot of miles on the road this week. But where I'm going with this is, I uh, had the bike and it went went to Martin and mm-hmm. uh, went to lift my leg to climb in the back of the van and the flexibility locked. really isn't <laughs> that there. Lock, that lock on it you? was a little hard to get my leg up to step in the van. Was so. it because you were trying to hang with Thomas Sunas? <laughs> no, dude. I was. It was first ride in a little oh. while. Track was a little tricky. Did you I'm stretch? Like, Did you stretch before you rode? 
No, I didn't. So that's where I'm going with this. Is I'm that's one thing I'm looking forward to at the Moto E camp oh is the stretching. I'm sure which will be a topic Absolutely. of discussion, right? It will be. In fact, what you should not do is stretch. Believe it or not. Oh, what the holy crap! Okay. All well, right. See, there you go. All right, you're already off to a good start. Yep. So yeah, and and so will all the listeners. You know, we've been told if you want to improve your range of motion, you need to stretch. If I can get any of the listeners to stand up, you guys may, if you guys want to do this, give me 30 seconds. Stand up. Put, oh. <laughs> put your right leg on the table that's in front of you. Oh, I don't know. Like, like straight up or can we like round it? Round uh, on the way up or we got to lift leg straight up? Yep. Go ahead and stand up in front of the table or, or in front of your chair, depending on your flexibility of your hamstrings. All right. Well, I got <laughs> We're up so, there. So. Put your right leg up on the chair or the table. And what I want you to do is slowly lower your chest down to your kneecap. You feel that burn in the back of the knees or the back of the hamstrings? Yep. Yep. Okay, come back up. Just take the pressure off just a little bit. Now gently come down again until you feel that burn for just a second and then come back up. You guys feel that? Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 All right, go ahead. Go ahead and have a seat. God, I, I wish right now we're not actually, we don't have like video on. We're just doing audio. Yeah, we're not filming, which that. sucks because that would have been great. <laughs> Absolutely. So what you, because what I'm going to explain to you is more important that the listeners do it and feel it because what you just felt was what's called the stretch reflex. So inside the muscle spindle cells, you have a, you have an electrical communication between the muscles and the brain. And we've been created in a way that there's a self-defense mechanism to keep us from hurting ourselves. So what you just felt, look at your bicep, put your arm straight out in front of you. The bicep originates from the crease of your elbow, but it inserts in your, in the top of your shoulder. Well, when you go to do a stretch, excuse me, when you go to do a stretch, if the muscle thinks it's going to be torn, it's only goal is to bring each end of the muscle, the origin and the insertion, to try to bring each end of the muscle closer to one another. So if you are holding one end of the rope and I'm holding the other and the rope is taut and then somebody pushes in the middle of it, it's either going to pull the rope out of my hand or your hand. What ends up happening is more people get injured trying to stretch than they do by stretching Hmm. and more people will have shortened muscle length by stretching than not stretching. Hmm. So this is why you see that I've got so many videos out on foam rolling and trigger point therapy because the muscle can get a chance to relax and elongate without running the risk of shortening a muscle and tearing it off either the origin or the insertion, essentially one end or the other of the muscle. You see why stretching doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Wow. Especially when you're cold. Yeah. Now, yeah. You, you guys get done riding. Sure. The muscle temperature is at its highest. Go ahead and do all the stretching, what we call single muscle isolated stretching. Of course, it's going to be beneficial, but you've got to preempt it with the muscle has to be warm. If you take a piece of metal and you freeze it and you try to bend it, what happens to it? Breaks. Breaks. Mm-hmm. breaks. Freezes, breaks, muscle whatever. Tissue. Yeah, muscle tissue is no different. Mm-hmm. The difference between us is if you rip the attachment off the origin or the insertion, one end or the other, now what happens is you have scar tissue, which is less flexible. So now you lose mobility because you've been stretching and creating microfilament tears. You don't know what you don't know. It's just that simple. Yeah. And that's an example of what we want to get across at our camps. You know, Cole had a very, very legitimate 
innocent question. And most everybody's out there thinking, well, I've got it. I'm losing that mobility injuries, getting older combination of both. The, the intention is good, but the end result is counterproductive. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to explain. I don't want to just say, don't stretch, please explain to me. We just did. So I hope that resonates with the, with the listeners. Yeah. Well, that works. That makes me not feel bad for not stretching now. Cause I've <laughs> never been a stretcher right. ever. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I learned that a long time ago with running marathon stuff. I always like people would talk all the time, like, do not stretch cold before you start trying to run. Go out and yeah. jog, fast walk, whatever. And then if you want to do, you know, some mobility stretching, they talk about that and then go run and then stretch afterwards is is more exactly what I've it. been taught. And the foam rolling, the foam rolling's tricky because it's really hard especially for me to watch on youtube because it's usually so boring to watch no no offense coach sorry i have tried to watch some of your videos too but it's yeah but there are some times like i know i've had some lower again our ages start with threes now Mm -hmm. Uh, i've had some some lower back uh things and i have watched some foam rolling videos and figured out that section of it and it does uh it does definitely help if i have like lower back um issues going on uh to or tight lower back to foam roll it out and uh helps out with that so um 100 and when you take it you know one step further if you add foam rolling then dynamic movements yep and then you get on the motorcycle go out do two stand-up laps and then if you can come in and then stretch and then go back out Mm -hmm. or do that before the gate drops whatever it may be you're going to just you'll perform at a much higher level of your capability than anything else. And I don't want this to sound like a soapbox, but I can't tell you how many people that we see go to the races that are very, very talented, but they undermine their potential by just doing everything wrong, Mm -hmm. not warming up, not drinking an isotonic drink, you know, not they're, they're mistaking because the air temperature is hot thinking that they're metabolically warmed up. There's a distinct difference between being metabolically warmed up, We'll talk about this at camp. It's called the lactic acid shuffle. You guys ever notice your second set in the gym is always feels easier than the first. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That's getting the lactic acid shuffle. That's getting a neuromuscular communication going. Well, think about it. If I can get you to warm up properly, instead of using three of your five laps to get up to speed, your opening lap matches your last lap because you're essentially tricked your body into thinking you've already been out there for 10 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, it's all it's just about knowing what to do at the right time. And what I don't like, and this pisses me off to no end, is when you get somebody that understands this physiology, there's not many in our sport that do, but their whole thing is, well, I just want to share it with you because you're not paying me as a client. That's 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 ridiculous. I want to make sure that we have more and more riders that are enjoying what they're doing, less risk of injury, less downtime. And, I, you know, not everybody wants a coach. I get that. But I'm, I'm not going to be the guy, hey, behind curtain number three for just $19.99, you'll know why not to stretch. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're going to take the time to come out, I don't want to keep the information from you. I want to empower you with the why behind. Yeah, it's easy for me to come on the show and say, don't stretch. Everyone's like, that guy's a moron. But if I have you feel it, explain the stretch reflex and help you understand why you're losing range of motion because you're stretching, you're tearing tissue, creating scar tissue. That's going to be a big aha moment for a lot of the listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? If you have 10,000 listeners and we get 1% of those that stop injuring themselves, we've increased the longevity of an athlete. Yep. That's what it's all about. Well, I've got a question for you. Um, you consider yourself highly competitive. I think you're still 
both equally important. And that sounds hokey, but, man, I see it so often. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No. uh, So one thing I've been getting into is mobility exercises, especially before, like, I start weight training now. Uh, Like I said, bum shoulder, bum knee, or trick knee. And uh, so... I, I've I've used the new apparatus of TikTok uh, to find a lot of these, and I don't always take like the first one I get. I usually find about a hundred of them, and then uh, go from there. But I have noticed, um, like with doing leg day, uh, I, I I free weight squat all the time. Like I love doing that. And uh, in the old days, what would happen is my uh, my groin, inner thigh area would get really, really tight, especially after I squatted really heavy. I have now yes. started to do some some hip mobility drills and nothing crazy. Just do them a few times, uh, you know, a couple different ones a few times. And I have noticed now as I'm building back up that uh, my my I, I do, I'm not getting that tightness the, the next couple days or at least not as bad as what it used to be. Um so, uh, yeah, I, where, where are you at with like mobility drills and stuff, especially, uh, working on that somewhat before you get going, uh, with, uh, with say lifting or something. Oh, it's, it's absolutely imperative. The problem that we run into is for a lot of the listeners, they don't think that there's any benefit to it mm-hmm. until it becomes a problem. Yep. And, and it, this is what we say in our offices and our rehab centers is there's a difference between prehab and rehab. You know, most of us understand if you have a shoulder injury or you have a knee surgery, they put you in rehab. But what about understanding what's causing the, what's the catalyst of the pain? We're, we're literally, we were in video production all day yesterday and today. We're putting together a digital product called the anatomy of an injury. So what we're trying to do is get your listeners to understand what's the cause of an injury. What can I do to keep it from happening? Heaven forbid, if I do get injured, how do I correct it? and keep it from coming back. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be about a 50 to 60 hour video series taking every body part, shoulder, knee, lower back, et cetera, et cetera. So that way you guys can go through almost like a library. Trav, you said it yourself. Hey, my knee is kind of jacked up. My shoulder's jacked up. You can go to that body part, understand how to identify it, how to fix it, and how to keep it from happening again. And it's it's I'm not going to say it's extensive, but it's extensive. I want the listeners to understand the why behind I'm in pain. How do I keep it from coming back? Instead of somebody saying, hey, just take this supplement. Hey, buy this special powder. That's not what fixes it. It's it's usually an imbalance between strength and flexibility. I mean, look at your arms. Look at your bicep. You guys have all seen guys in the gym that have overdeveloped their biceps and they look like monkeys. (laughs) Well, that's because... The bicep is stronger than the butt and the the bicep on the front of the arm is stronger than the tricep on the back of the arm. So the tricep can't bring the elbow back into anatomical neutral. So they look like a monkey. Well, think about it. If I walk up to you and I grab that elbow and I grab your forearm and I straighten it out, what am I going to do? I'm going to rip the long head of biceps, which goes up into your shoulder. I'm going to rip that off the attachment because the muscles so strong and it shortens so much that if I straighten that forearm, I'm going to rip the long headed biceps off. Well, think about a fifth gear wide open accident when you look like a yard doll going down the track. The velocity of the get off causes that lower part of, call it your forearm, it causes that to extend because of the velocity of the get off. What do you have? 
it's not even the impact of the ground. It's the torn muscle because the muscle was tight before you yard guarded yourself. You see the reverse problem in that whole scenario? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what we're trying to avoid. You've got to be flexible enough to handle a big hit if you case a jump, come up short, or if you happen to have a get off, you can. The one that I got to give credit to, and and I do talk to Lucas on a you know Lucas Myrtle on a regular basis. We talk about. Remember when Jet? I don't know. I don't believe it was this weekend. I think it was. Well, it would have had to have been two or three weekends ago when Jet. Yeah, it was last weekend. Remember when he was in practice and he was going around that right hander, and his front wheel went over the edge of the berm and his bike got cut up in the hay bale. He just literally oh, ran down the ran berm. Out of yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about the the flexibility associated with that because you've got to get off the bike and you're going. It's like jumping out of a car at 30 miles an hour. you got to catch up to the velocity. He did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. So think about this. Is that a strength issue or is that a flexibility issue? Is it a flexibility issue or a strength issue? The answer is yes, because one cannot exist without the other. You know, Cole, unfortunately, has to sit in a car traveling territory to territory to territory to territory. As you guys are sitting right there, look down at your leg. Look at that 90 degree between your femur and your torso. So all those muscles in that region are just getting shorter and shorter and shorter. You jump out of your van to go walk into a client and you're like, whoa, those hips just don't open up like they used to. <laughs> yep. People wonder why privateers struggle. Motorcycle. Yeah. And then you get on the motorcycle. You want to be in the attack position, but your hip flexors are so tight. Now your lower back hurts because if the quadriceps are tight, they're pulling the pelvis forward and down. That creates that curvature in the small of your spine. And you're like, gosh, my low back hurts. So what do you do? You sit down on the motorcycle. What's the worst way to ride a motorcycle? Sitting down. Yep. Which people don't realize those hips are the pivot point for everything. That's exactly right. But you have a day job. You do your day job. And then it destroys our hobby. Not so much for Cole Racing Pro. But, you know, (laughs) once that pelvis is anteriorly rotated and pulled down, now your low back hurts. And this is what we say. There's a difference between the pain site and the pain source, your lower back hurts, but you don't need to foam roll your lower back. What should you foam roll? Your quads. Mm -hmm. Because that brings the pressure off of the quads, brings the pelvis into anatomical neutral, low back pain miraculously disappears. Now I get you on the motorcycle. Now I can hand you over to a riding coach, and that riding coach can say, all right, I want you in that attack position. You have the strength, the flexibility, and then you, you piggyback that with good endurance, and guess what? You guys can teach because you guys are good riding coaches. You can teach these guys what to do if they have the strength and endurance. And that's our takeaway when we go to Bucks Bash is I want everybody to be able to do whatever the local riding coach asks for as long as it's asked of them. But more importantly, understand why am I able to do this? Cole went to get in the back of the truck or, or sprinter van is like, oh, Nelly, that, that that flexibility is just not there. Especially the last time coach you. Yeah. Especially the last time Coach saw Cole. Yeah, I didn't make myself <laughs> yeah. look too good. I didn't impress yeah. Coach. Too that much. was awesome. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that was that was a quick stop. You know, but I was trying to show you my skittles, but yeah, my skittles. <laughs> I was tasting the rainbow pretty early. Hey, don't worry. When Chris asked him on their show how he did, Col- Coach was like, "You know what? He did real well, but he took a soil sample." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it was. I don't know if you t- I really. You know, this just goes to show, excuse me, this goes to show for the listeners how kind Cole is. He just didn't want to show up Kevin Moran. Oh, he was just trying to be polite because Kevin was going kind of, 
rip roaring fast on that 125. Yeah. But Cole just didn't want to be the oh, fastest guy out there. He wanted uh, that's Kevin. right. That's that's Joe, completely uh, right. I didn't really want to embarrass everybody good. on the on the home course. Joe there was a lot of talent. Here we here, go. So I'm just kidding. Oh, Shit's boy. getting deep. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see. My thing was, I'm a, a one lap hero, <laughs> so I was kind of curious to see how far off the pace I was because we don't get guys that come from out of town like that very often because Jeff Walker when he couldn't pass that caliper what on the two stroke yeah I had him for a lap or two that's what I mean yeah so you wanted to see if you could show Kev up (laughs) um but it's it's kind of like a a cool game to play with yourself like hey how much faster are these guys really and really puts it into perspective for you um like I've well and then what kills me is then you watch Supercross on Saturday night and you know Kevin's a good starter and has to go to the LCQ to get in. Exactly. You're like, how it's it's inconceivable how fast those guys yep. really are mm-hmm. until you're sitting trackside watching Kevin Morantz go by, and you're like, for the love of God, how can you even think that fast? Yeah. I have I have made that point a couple times since uh, since you guys were here in the fall of like being on a track with Kev and like mentally knowing that he's way faster than you. But when you actually are riding and you see him blow by you and you see how fast he gets away from you. And then you think about that. And then you look at him and you watch Tomac blow by him the way he blew by me. And you just go, I don't even understand how that's fucking possible. Well, that's, that's exactly that's like I have a, I tell this story to people. There was this I don't think he even rides anymore, but there was this local. Well, I say a local because he was from Illinois. This kid back in the day, probably like ten years ago, his name was Justin Frund, and he rode the two fifty class. And uh, you probably watched him a couple of times, Cole, at some point. I, I don't know the name though, but uh, he was just a privateer kid. But he would um, he would do all the East Coast nationals and stuff. But he would also go do the pro ams. And and this was back when like some of the proams used to be at certain tracks on Fridays instead of Sundays, and he would go when the track's fresh. It's like a highway, and he would go like fifth or sixth at these proams, and people were like, "Dude, you can't even win a proam. You're gonna go do a national." And he's like, "Oh, just wait till the national." And then he go do the national, and he get in the top twenty, and people are like, "How the hell do you get top twenty at a national, but you can't win a proam?" And he hmm. goes, "Because I don't get paid to go fast on a highway." He goes, "I get paid to go fast when there's four foot tall braking bumps." and three-foot-deep ruts, mm-hmm. and people could never understand it until they actually rode with him when it was rough, and they're like, oh, it makes sense, because you're not going during the week and riding a highway when the track, you can go third gear wide open everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's like, I go when I actually have to work on my technique and my brain power, and I actually have to think about what's going on, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. Like, You don't really realize how fast and talented these dudes are, because a lot of people can, like Cole just said, like one-lap, two-lap heaters. Anybody can go fast on a smooth track. I mean, we've all seen it at local races, like... Yep. Somebody who's a pro will come and he'll be, be, you know, second for like two, three laps. But it's like when the track gets rough and you're actually having to use your brain and your technique, you're like, oh, now I understand why these dudes are some of the best in the world. Yep. Um, all right, coach. A uh, couple. I, I know we said we wouldn't keep you too long here. Couple, uh, couple racing questions here for the uh, for the pro series. Uh, Cole, you want to ask the first one? Because yeah, I know you got yeah. the first one there. No, I got a, I got one for you. I. I came prepared, Coach. I got some notes in the old Just phone, for you, Coach. So. He came prepared just for you. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, with the big news dropping from the KTM camp uh, this past week with Ryan Dungey lining back up, um, this is a guy you've worked with, um, you know pretty well. Um, how do you think this is going to go, Coach? We know he keeps himself in shape, I believe, has a solid base, um, took five years off. Still road, from, though. Still road. 
but yeah. Yeah, I mean, not at that level. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, how do you think this is going to go, Coach? Uh, are you seeing five to ten? Like, where where do you think the fitness side of it is going to be? I I think fitness side, Ryan's not going to come in unless he's ready. Uh, we know that for you know we know that for a fact. Um, on the flip side of that, the one thing that we have to keep in mind is think about how many guys did not finish Supercross this year. Go, go team by team. You got Plessinger coming back at KTM. You've got Dylan um, over at Honda. We got Roxon coming back. You've got, I don't, obviously, we're not going to see Dean. I don't know if Husky's going to put another bike out there. AC's out. AC's going to be out, but it looks like maybe Max Ansey's going to be over there. Um, I think what's going to be interesting is we are essentially bringing A1 to the first round of outdoors. Now, granted, I get it. AC won't be there, and I know Webb won't be there, yep. but help me out. I don't think Dean Wilson was much of a, an issue this year. No disrespect, but he wasn't shaking up the top 10 no, he's as like, we're what, getting ready to 13th, talk about. 13th at the beginning? Yeah. So if if we look at the idea that each one of those teams are going to start to really get you know, their, their, their horse stable full, I think Dungey will definitely be in shape. But I will be very, very surprised if he's able to be a competitor. Thank now, here's you. Why. Yep. <laughs> and here's why. But here's why. And I think the word of Ryan Dungey, he's a class act all the way around. If we think back to why he, he tapped out in the mm. first place, remember when he talked about he wasn't willing to go to that ragged edge safely anymore? Mm-hmm. I think that right there is going to be the piece. We know he's a fierce competitor. We know he understands how to manage a championship. You've got guys now with him coming back. It's I think we saw it in the 250 class. Nobody was afraid of Forkman. They all know he's capable, but nobody was afraid to park him. Because now, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of toggling back and forth. Can you imagine if you're Justin Barsha and now Dungy comes back in and he's going to steal a couple hundred bucks? Because we know it's AMA. It's not a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> Um, Bing. You know, it's these guys aren't worried about it being Ryan Dungey. We don't want to rock the, the the boat at all. It's they're going to be out for blood. They're going to what? Think about almost how insulting it is. Oh, you think you can just ruck back up and pick right up where you left off? So that's going to be the landscape that's going to be hard to navigate because there's always been a respect. I don't know if you guys got to listen to to Mike Alessi on Whiskey Throttle. And he talked about if there's one advice he could give to the younger riders is respect the elderly. And when he raced against McGrath and kind of challenged McGrath, McGrath told him that. He was like, what are you talking about? I'm just 16 and want to race my dirt bike. The idea here is people have given Dungy the respect. They've given him the space. But I think now they have absolutely no apprehensions to stiff them, stuff them, take them out, clip them, because now they're like, what? You think you're good enough after a five-year hiatus to come back. And then I think with enough roughing up in a short period of time, now we all know Dungy's a good starter. So if he gets up front and he runs clean with three or four top guys, would any of us be surprised if he finishes top five, top three? None. But do I think he's going to do it? No. Only because I don't think when he gets into that bar-to-bar, fierce competition, Barsha style with a wheel in your front face – He's going to, it's going to pull back those memories as to why he politely tapped out five years ago. And I think that's what we're going to see more than anything else. And what a perfect power play. 
and this is typical Roger DeCoster at KTM, he's only racing two races. So if he goes out there and he's 11th or 12th, like, he eh. just walks off and yeah. has his, you know, he goes into the sunset, no harm, no, 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 no problem. If he's leading the points, how many more rounds do you think the guy comes back for? Mm-hmm. Until he's out of the top five. Well, hey, I said this. Yeah. Hey, you need what you need to do is you need to call our boy Johnny Hopper up because Johnny and I are going back and forth on this because Johnny thinks he's going to podium and win. And I told Johnny he's fucking high as a kite. Well, you got to think about what Coach just said about the last time. Like I think back to that A two press conference when Kenny got hurt in seventeen. Yeah, and. He's up there, and when nobody really knew how bad Kenny's injuries were, we just saw him getting lawn darted off the track and him not moving. And Dunge was up in the press conference, and he like was emotional, yeah, because he was like thinking like this might be the last time we ever see Ken Roxon ride a dirt bike. Yep. And I think already in his mind he knew that like, hey, this was this was the end. But I think seeing Kenny, a guy that was the only guy that was going to beat Dungey that year, Dungey's just there to fill that seat till Hurlings comes in. But so yeah, there's well, a point. Here's to- my thing too: the the person that wins in all of this mm-hmm. is KTM. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. KTM, one hundred percent. Yeah, KTM. What are they going to win this year? Webb isn't going to win a Supercross. AP, AP just needs to stay healthy. No, this Max is Volan sure as hell wasn't going to win one. Max Volan might not even be on a dirt bike outdoors. That's what I'm saying. So uh, coming to outdoors, KTM's winning with the press. Maybe yeah. not with results. They're not going to get any MXGP coverage. You know, mm-hmm. in the well, you know, and the one guy that you know wasn't even supposed to really race for them too much longer is the only guy that's got to win for him this year. And Marvin Muskan. Yeah. Yep. I mean Tom Vial. I mean he just he's started about their only hope of winning a title this year. For and he just lost any the points race again. He just the lost the points lead so. again. So. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. This is this is a band-aid over an open gash like Dino's ass, man. Like it's fucking the, the, it's so bad for KTM this year. So bad. And for us insiders who look at it, we go, "Holy shit, like this is amazing how terrible this is." For everyone else, they're just like, "Oh, this is sweet. They got Cairoli. They got Dunge coming back. Yeah. We don't know what Hurlings is going to do, but at some point, he's going to be on a bike, whether it's here or at the GP. So that's going to be fucking cool. So like, they're winning the press that way. But I like then, it though. But then you get on the other side of it, and you're like, except for you went from winning every fucking title by an Austrian brand for however many years here, and now you're winning zero titles. You've got next to no race wins in the U.S. You have very few in Europe. Like." This is not a good look. And we're supposed to have a Hurlings announcement here within the next week or two of what's yeah. actually going to happen. But the best thing that they could have, and like Coach just said about, hey, Dungey's only signed up for two rounds and like the Cairoli thing, which I've called bullshit on that because he wants to do he wants to do Red Bud. Yeah. He even said no matter what, he wanted to do Red Bud when they had the KTM intro thing. Yep. Um, is if Cairoli comes out and somehow wins the first two rounds and Dungey is top five. And then they can they go. Keep going. They keep going. Oh, hey, like we just we're just here. Cairoli's on his retirement tour. Dungey's coming back to fill a seat. Like this is the, that is the best KTM scenario they could have. Or if at least one of them is top five, then they could go. Well, this experiment worked. Like yeah. we don't have well, any expectation. So here's my 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 KTM tinfoil thing, hat. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if you could call it that. Oh yeah, yeah. tinfoil hat. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like the the way they're playing the press right now, the way KTM is playing the press. Yeah. I believe is is a really good way. It's like a, it's like when you're talking to a chick, right? Mm-hmm. This is gonna sound weird, corny, but, but like tell her how awesome you are, or or tell her how much you suck, right? You bring mm-hmm. a chick to the dirt bike track and you tell her how much you suck, right? Mm-hmm. And you go out, you roll all the jumps, and she's like, 
damn, this guy does suck or something, <laughs> right? Or, or or maybe she thinks she suck or whatever. But you go out there and you're throwing whips and stuff, and she's like, damn, this is awesome. You're pretty, you're actually pretty good, like mm-hmm. kind of an under promise over deliver. Yeah. But if you go to the track and you actually do suck, you're like. <laughs> Hey, I told you so. I, I told you I sucked. Look, I told you I sucked. I'll, I'll so. put I'll put my tinfoil hat on. Dungey was not supposed to race. No, he wasn't. It. The only reason the Dungey thing got announced is because Hurling's got on a bike and it didn't go well. Yep. That's and the Webb, only reason. And Webb was not racing outdoors. So yeah. And coach, by the way, you said you talked about Webb not racing. Has there been a press release that he's not racing outdoors that you've seen somewhere? Or? Um. Roger I've not seen kind a of press release, but he will probably use a clause in his contract that he's injured at some level. Mm. Um, it might be, you know, but that's, I mean, if we look at the framework, yeah. how much money is KTM spending to make sure that they get some positive publicity? You guys have already articulated what they haven't done this year. Look at the salary of Webb, Plessinger. Now you're going to add, I don't even care if it's a two race. What's it going to cost to bring Dungey back and Caroli back, possibly hurling back? You're now looking at a five-man roster, and that's Hurlings. without Webb. Hurlings. Well, they don't have a 250, guys. So. Hurlings was not going to be cheap because that was the thing that we had talked about weeks ago on this show when we were talking about it when I was like not even buying into it at all. I was like, the amount of money that it was going to cost them to have Hurlings come over here was insane, but obviously we yeah. now know that his first ride didn't go well, and I don't think yeah. we see him well, halfway into our series. So. Coach, you're saying. But think about. Go, go ahead, coach. coach. Go ahead, coach. No, go ahead, go finish thought because I've got mine. Well, I was I was gonna go into what you said about the injury clause because that kind of got my gears turning with Cooper Webb and KTM. Uh, is it basically sounds like he's got two middle fingers up. He's sick of riding for KTM. Doesn't like what's going on over there. I have an injury clause. I'm getting paid. I'm sitting out for the summer. Is that kind of what's going on? 100 percent and we'll probably be on blue next year that's what i was thinking as well well depending on where the puzzle pieces (laughs) fall i was gonna say i've heard some interesting puzzle pieces that that might not be the case for next year yet so yeah well you think about it the big the big linchpin is does tomac come back yeah we've seen three four fifties over there and that's not a big deal but if you have tomac you have web and then you have um ferrandis over there um, I do know Ferrandis has resigned, so mm-hmm. he's 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 set he's in place there. Um, the big linchpin is going to be Tomac. Uh, we obviously everybody knows you've got Christian Craig. He'll be over at Husky next year, which is going to be a fantastic fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the big thing. You know, Webb doesn't want to be there. What I what I think is interesting, and I don't want to take the conversation a different direction, mm-hmm. but just a couple seeds to think about. Think about all the finger pointing going on. You've got Tomac, who says the Cowie's a stink bug, and you've got Anderson was very good. He never badmouthed the Husqvarna, but the thing's a stink bug. And then you've got Anderson not able to do well on Husky. You've got Tomac not doing well on Cowie. Um, and then you turn right around, and you've got Marvin Muskan, who's winning on a KTM that Webb says is a stink bug. So look at those three scenarios. Tomac says Cowie sucks, goes to Yamaha, does well. Uh, Jason goes to Cowie, takes a stink bug that Tomac said is no good, is obviously doing quite well and even winning on it. Then you have Webb who says the bike's a piece of crap, and then Marvin's out there winning races on it. 
mm-hmm. with only a Supercross contract. Now, yeah, we're only human, right? If Marv's out to prove something, he's out to prove something. But Webb is such a badass of a dude, both on and off the track. I love the dude. The last person on that paddock that just wants to go back there and just let the season end up without getting a win is going to be Cooper Webb. I can't even imagine how pissed off that guy mm-hmm. is. So when someone's like, oh, well, Webb just wants to sail in the season and move in. No. Look at all the stats that are floating around. Nobody as a defending champion has ever performed so poorly in the next season. Worst ever? season ever. You you think Kevin, Do you think Webb wants that on his resume? No. <laughs> Hell no. But yet you've got Marv, who has nothing to prove and everything to win. So think about all the finger pointing that's going on. You have yeah. John Tomac that went out and essentially slaughtered Cowie. Cowie politely is trying to say, oh, that's not the case. <laughs> Um, and, and by the way, I have heard that that's indeed true, that what Tomax were asking for was just completely unreasonable and yeah, very difficult to appease. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are two sides to every side of the equation. We all know that Kawasaki is not easy to work with, whether you go back to James or even Ricky's days. So nobody's innocent in anything, but look at all the finger pointing. Tomac, Cowie sucks, won't listen, don't help. They go over to Yamaha, kills it. Shows you just how great Yamaha is. Mm-hmm. Then you got Moosecan showing that you can win on a bike that no one else thinks is, is winnable. Jason Anderson showing that those assholes at Kawasaki are actually pretty easy to work with. And he's doing quite well on the bike. Now, I'm not calling them assholes. That was the way it was kind of yeah, positioned. Yeah, portrayed. Yep. yep. Take all of that drama. Now, we know Webb's not going to race, unfortunately, this summer. Look at all that drama. And now Dungey has to race against it. Because Tomac you know he's got a heart on his pants for outdoors mm-hmm. because he wants to prove everybody. And then think about it. They're sitting there with the defending champion in Ferrandis. So now you've got two big dick swinging contests. I'm going to steal <laughs> that line from Johnny Hopper. Okay? It's true, though. It's very you true. Got very that true. Going on. You got that going on. And you think about it. What is going to happen? And I hate to be a bearer of bad news, but you guys are more historians than I am. What is the track record that Star Yamaha has for when they know a rider is vacating the property, the bikes just don't oh, seem to perform quite boy. as well? I didn't even think about that. Oh, hmm. no. <laughs> now you got Christian Craig going to Husky. Oh, no. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, miraculously, we don't see that one Star Yamaha 450 compared to Tomac and Ferrandis. And I'm not trying to blaspheme anybody, but you've all, if you listen to podcasts, what does everybody say? When yeah. Star Yamaha knows no one's coming, the guy's not coming back. Boy, the bike just miraculously doesn't handle, doesn't have the horsepower. Look, they'll tell you so that J Martin and Alex had electrical issues. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's yep. exactly it. Yep. J Martin, Alex Martin. Look, Definitely they didn't. Look, they wanted to pit onto their own semi at Millville. It's okay. They didn't want to be in the rig. That didn't happen. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's <laughs> go down that thread of thought. Let's go down that thread of thought. And this is again a complete bunny hole, but if I can if I can just go there for just ninety seconds, which by the way, if you guys want to come back to it, I did hear there will be one, possibly two KTM two fifties in the pits this summer. Yes, I, I have heard that rumor. That. Yep, well, I we're coming back to that. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, so think about this. Think about the summer that J Mart was riding for Geico, obviously leading the points. He gets a fill in ride on the four fifty, leads all but two laps at Daytona. And think about what those contract negotiations look like. He was supposed to be the next 450 Honda rider. Mm-hmm. 
He goes a couple more rounds during the summer, runs into Jay Coop in the air, breaks his back. I want you guys, because I know you can visualize the GoPro video when they look over at each other. Oh, I know God. you can visualize yep. it. That was bad. When they when they hit the ground, I want you to pause time. Where was Jet Lawrence at that time? Now, fast forward to where Lucas Myrtle is at right now, at the negotiation table for the exact same ride that Jay, that Jay Mart was looking at <laughs> solidifying. Yeah. Isn't it amazing what a difference four years will do? Jesus. Think yeah. about four years ago, Austin Fortner. Think about four years ago, Jeremy Martin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> four years ago, Austin Fortner was battling with Zach Osborne for a title. For and a title. Look at look at now look at look at where look at where Jay Mart's at. Mm-hmm. Probably won't see him this summer. Probably is not getting offered much from anybody. Mm-hmm. And four years ago was the next heir apparent in a 450 class, i.e. what we see with Sexton. Oh, wait. J-Mart's injury is bad enough he's not coming back his this labrum, summer? His labrum's pretty bad, which actually makes uh, – remember that comment I said about Nick Romano? Yeah. Makes that more and more, more apparent. Yep. Yes. Wow. These poor these poor Martin kids, they just need to retire and go run Millville. Well, <laughs> see, like... that's that's the thing. I brought this up when we did the fantasy show, and Cole, obviously, you jumped off. You had stuff going on, but I had and I had, I have not talked to anybody, so I want to make this known that I do not have any information. I just did some digging. Romano had an injury an injury after Minios. I don't know the extent of it, but I know he got injured, took some time off, but he's done some qualifiers since then. He was at south of the border, cleaned up, whatever. But then I started to do some digging, and I go, he's been in a few of these qualifiers, and he's not actually signed up for any regionals at all. And then I started thinking about it, and I go, okay, so J Mart's injury is a lot worse than people thought. Justin Cooper has been riding. Colton Nichols has been riding. But who knows how badly those injuries are going to affect them. And Levi Kitchen, same thing. And then I go, that leaves Nate Thrasher as the only 250 guy. And I'm a firm believer in Nate, but obviously Nate's career so far has been very up and down. And then I look and go, why would Romano show up to these qualifiers and not sign up for any Don't of the you regionals? Mean LeBlanc? No, Romano. Oh, yeah, Nick oh, yeah. Romano. Sorry. sorry LeBlanc sorry. is signed up. Yes. Romano, and I go, he was going to go pro after Loretta's. He was not going to go the Chance Hymas route. He was going pro after this mm-hmm. year, but I go, seemed kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And I made this comment to Travis, and then now that more news with J Mart's labrum is a lot worse, I go, I'm going to almost bet money that Nick Romano is on the line taking J Mart's spot at Paula, and he's riding the whole series. And I, like I said, I want to make this known. I don't have any inside information. It's just kind of going down a rabbit hole with some digging and kind of knowing how these teams work. And I go, Romano just said, fuck it. Why am I going back to Loretta's this year? It's mm-hmm. pointless for me. Yeah, that's a, yeah, I can see that. Well, let me ask you this, guys. When you talk about uh, Colt Nichols is riding and Jacob is riding, are we going to see him this summer? I don't think I don't, I don't know. I think Cooper, we see him, but I don't think we see Colt Nichols. To be honest with you, I'll be. Okay, I think so we do. You do. You think so? I think so. Man, I... I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to disagree with you, Colt. And here's the only reason why: I think that they're they being Star Yamaha. I think they're gonna try to pull a trump card <laughs> that because he didn't. No, that's right. Colt did. He got hurt on the opening line. It would have been Cooper. Yeah. That's right. It would have been Jay Coop that they're going to pull that he never got an actual gate drop, so he should be allowed to come back and defend it. So I apologize, Cole. I'll take that back. I think then we will see Colt Nichols because he has no choice, right? They're going to yeah. pin him to a That's board that I'm he at. got one. He got two corners in, but he got hurt, but he did get a gate drop. He has to move up. Mm-hmm. Lord only knows where he's going to end up. Mm-hmm. Come back to the 250 class. If Let's just say that we do see Romano getting lined up. There's still three other bikes that are missing 
in the Star Yamaha arsenal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who's sitting in the rafters? Oh, God. That's the new best thing to come out of the 250 Star Yamaha program. I don't even want to go down that road. I think he's racing a couple. (sighs) I don't want to do the. He's not till next. No, he's not till next year. I think he'll do the drop in, go back to Loretto's kind of thing. Yeah, well, yeah, because they so so here watching their vlogs. Brian and talked anybody about it. listening. We're talking about Brian Deegan. Brian, Brian talked about it. You mean Brian's son? But I believe it's next year. See, I, I don't I, think it's going to be this year. I bet he does Loretta's. Now that Coach made that comment, I bet he does Loretta's in B class. I don't think he's going to win, but say he does Loretta's in B class, bump to A, and then drop in for the last couple nationals, kind of like what Pierce Brown did. Yeah, is that kind of where you were going with that, Coach? Absolutely, but yeah. uh, here here's the key. Not because Brian Deegan and, and Hayden want to go. They're going to have to go because right now, I mean, look at it. They're paying to have Chisholm out there because the financial penalties from Monster by having an incomplete roster, the fi- you know, to pay a rider out there is far less expensive than the financial fines of not being out there. Mm-hmm. So if you just look at it from a business standpoint, and obviously Brian is a brilliant businessman. He might shit can it and say, nope, he's too young. But yet Mitch Payton was able to convince Adam C to go from an 85 to a 250F at a pro level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we can't anymore say that somebody's not ready because AC did it. Now, I'm not saying it was done with the best success and it didn't have its cost. And I think AC's still paying the price for that literally to this day. Yep. Ever since he hit the wall in that supercross overseas, he's never been the same. But all I was thinking about is if you look at that star Yamaha, you know that there's some big financial ramifications. I mean, let's face it. It's what closed Butler brothers down. Mm-hmm. No representation can't afford to be out there. Your breach of contract. Well, now look, stars got how many rounds did star go with no bikes? I think two before they put Chisholm out there. Yeah. Well, do you think that? Yeah. Maybe. Was it maybe it was one. I think it was only one. I don't one or two, but long. either way, yeah, they put Chisholm out. Yeah. It's still not a good look. Yeah. It, it wasn't a good look, and it didn't take very long. Now you look at that stellar f- uh, team that they have. I'm just throwing them out there randomly. If I forget one, let me know. But you've got Jay Coop. You have Colt Nichols. Um, we know that Christian Craig is going to go to 450. You're supposed to have Thrasher out there. Now you add what Justin said by putting Romano out there. Well, what if, what if Colt Nichols – I think you said he's coming back. I think we'll see – uh, Jay Coop, maybe what halfway through the season? Do you think, or do you think he'll open up? Uh, I think he's, he'll be. He's been riding. He's been but, riding. So but I think he will. I don't think he's on the line for the first round, though. I think he is. He thinks. I don't know. Well, see, here's the reason, though. That injury that he's got is the same thing that Hurlings has. Obviously, Coop got his earlier. Jay Coop did. But I guess that that injury is a lot more la- like it's nagging. Gnarly. Yeah, it's not like it's not like crazy, like you know, like blown out a knee. But it's one of those things that kind of sits with you for a while. So yeah. I, I've seen a lot of videos of Justin Cooper down at GPF getting motos in and yeah. stuff. So I think I think he will ride. But if it's roof. going wrong, if it's going badly though, that's the, actually the real question is: is if it's not going well, does he tough it out? It depends on if he's signed, sealed, and delivered for a four fifty. It's also another thing too about this whole conversation with these guys, like everybody at Star is if they don't have a title contender, it's kind of like the same thing, not to the extent, because they still had success, obviously, with Eli just winning the 450 championship. Yeah. But if they go without a 250 title this year, that'll be the first time in a very long time that Star has not won at least one of the 250 titles. and that brings up a great question, which was my last one I had for Coach, which is, uh, you think 
Craig throws away this title here next week, or? <laughs> oh, yeah. Travis is up here thinking that there's going to be some Honda debauchery. Yeah, no. Yeah. Travis no. has his tinfoil no, Craig will, on. Craig will, Craig will lock it up. Um, what we just need is a track that's got some big whoops, and, <laughs> you know, it's it's a close enough race, and I think he'll be able to seal the deal, but hmm. it's it's pretty hard to argue with. He you know doesn't have he, a very good track record of sealing the deal, unfortunately. That's Travis, what I'm saying. Look, Travis thinks Hunter's brother is going to do some fuckery. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We we talked about this at the beginning of the show. I do believe that if we get to the main and there is an opportunity that Jet will uh, play some games with Craig. And then I said Bobby will pay Nate or Chiz to just tee off on however, Jet. <laughs> however, I also think that Craig is mentally softish, and uh, 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 the I think that the Lawrence brothers are going to be in his head before we even get to the main where they're all in there together. Um, so, uh, dude, I'm not going to be shocked if Craig throws it away in practice to be on, does another practice crash <laughs> and just blows Christ. out a fucking knee or something. <laughs> oh my god! Tell Travis he's oh, crazy. Did please. we lose him? Did we lose Coach? Coach still there? Coach, oh, did we lose him? Oh, damn it, we oh, lost. Damn it. damn it. Well, he, he was like, "I'm sick of you, Travis." He wasn't breaking up, but then <laughs> he just hung up because Travis was talking shit about Christian. Well, fuck me. Well, when we get him back on um, after he finishes his point, I want to ask him about the KTM thing, and then we'll this wrap it up. Good job. Oh, god damn it! Twice. Why is everyone going through a dead zone. Oh my god! I don't think he was in the dead zone. He's in his house. This might be our thing, our end thing. It wasn't with I Cap. I guarantee it's yours. This is. Oh, oh no! God. Wow. wow, Show Two Hundred was Show going great for a while, so well, and then just yeah. bullshit. It's going so well. I'm so sorry, folks. For this is. Oh, oh my God! I can't no, even I'm really do curious it. of what he has on KTM, but oh, the two two fifty guys. I want to bring up a point. What? Vince Freezy is a good fucking rider. Yes. Vince Freezy is a good fucking rider. All right, and here's so, why. This is my rant. Okay, oh, this is a race I'm tech ranting. rant. TLR coding's rant. No, this is my Cole Ugetti W rant. You're flying oh, Dub Kibby Granger rant. Vince Freezy is a good fucking rider. I wish everybody would quit shitting on the guy. Like he's top ten two fifty, top ten four fifty. Yeah, Vince Freezy is a good fucking rider. That's all I'm saying. Top uh, ten. He's consistent. He he's always just been there. He's in the main event every week. Yes, he's made some questionable decisions, but he's going for it. He's been owning it. Like the I'm trying, man. It's not working. Look, I'm going to be real honest with you. When Amart's not doing a flying dub, he's a good fucking rider. Yeah. Um, I kind of – man, I wish Coach was on right now because uh, he'd get a kick on this, kick out of this. So hold until – Wait, hold on. Let's keep – this is crazy. Damn oh, it. dude. What the is going fuck on? Is step outside with your All Walmart right, so, ass service. So, uh, me, and Cole, me and Cole could address this. So, for anybody that doesn't know, while Travis tries to get Coach back on the line. So, for anybody that doesn't know. Um, that Vince Freeze is a good fucking rider. Dude. Yeah, that too. Uh, there was a certain press release that came out on Saturday of a certain team that let somebody out of their contract. And for anybody that doesn't know, Butler Brothers, the debauchery bullshit that is the Butler Brothers. Let Shane McElrath out of his contract, and I yes. do in air quotes, but I'm pretty sure air Shane... Air quotes, insert, Dr. insert Evil, Dr. Evil. Which I'm actually pretty sure that Shane let Butler Brothers out of his contract. <laughs> um, so this brings up the point. So everything going on with KTM, 
with we know that AP is the actual only guy that is signed for an entire outdoor season. And I love Aaron. I I don't I know that you like Aaron. We all kind of like Aaron. He's just a really good guy, mm-hmm. solid dude, but he does have tendency to get hurt. With not knowing how healthy he could possibly oh, you be. Got him? Did you get him? Yeah, I think I got it. We'll okay. We'll oh we'll man. So keep going. So for him the whole season, and we know with Kyroli and Dungey, it's basically we'll see what happens. Do you think that KTM has contacted Shane as a possible, hey, you just came off a KTM team. You know the bike, not well, but you know the bike. Do you think there's a possibility that he might end up on that Red Bull spot for the summer? As a 250F? No, he can't because he pointed out the 450. Ah, see, I don't think so because they need 250 guys. So this is a perfect segue into what we were going to finish, Coach. Coach, you still there? Yes, sir, bud. Hell yeah. All right. Okay, that was going to be a poor choice of words, so we'll start. Um, but yeah, coach. So we're talking about the Butler brothers thing yeah, with Shane right yeah. now, coach. So you you mentioned or alluded to um, some stuff with the KTM boys, two fifty, four fifty, whatever. But uh, yeah, what are you hearing with KTM? Are you with the two fifties at least? Yeah. yeah, I think you're going to see Volan will come back, but they are going to put a second two fifty bike out there beside him. Um, I haven't heard a definitive name. Excuse me, that's attached to that bike yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it is depending. I know it sounds crazy because we're only one week away from the, you know, the end of the series. But I think with the musical chairs, with teams closing, and not quite sure who's healthy and who's not healthy, because obviously it's a bigger, bigger grind, a bigger ask to be able to go outdoors with double motos, longer series. Um, and then you also have to keep in mind what's lingering behind the scenes is the World Supercross series. Because are you going to be somebody that's maybe being courted by World Supercross? You heard Michael Leslie talk about it on David Pingree's Whiskey Throttle. Mm-hmm. He's ready to go, whether it be for Smart Tops or whether it's for another maybe HEP Suzuki. Because these teams are starting to realize, hey, wait, I can go race the World Supercross Series and make money as a team versus lose money. So you got to factor that into the Outdoor Nationals. Are you, let's say somebody like a, a Marvin Muskin, are you really upset now that you didn't get an outdoor contract when now you can move laterally, sign up for the World Supercross? You got a longer series back in your wheelhouse. You don't have to grind two motos, long hauls from the hotel to get to the race site. Um, you're, you're seeing a lot. You're hearing a lot of rumbling and noises. So to come back to your question, Cole, Definitely we'll see one, but I'm hearing possibly two 250s this summer on the KTM. Hmm. The only guy that I could think of, and that's and he's actually on a 450 when he races up in Canada, is Jess Pettis. He'd be the only connection that I could see, but i just seen him videos of him riding a 450 out in California because I think he's doing the series on a 450 with a KTM Canada-type backed thing. Hmm. But he's the only guy that I could think of that would be like a good transition because Jess yeah. Pettis is fast. I know that it's not the same thing, but he's won multiple Canadian championships in the 250 class. He mm-hmm. is a hardworking dude, just kind of has the injury bug every time he tries to ride Supercross. And he's the only other guy that I could think of that might get that spot. But once again, I don't know if he has contract obligations with other people yeah. to ride a 450 because, once again, he still is a Canadian-backed guy. Yeah. So, well, Coach, do you have any hard names connected with that, or are you just pure speculation that you got? I did not have a name that was attached to it, but I was told that there would be two 250s at the track this summer. Yeah. Hmm. So if and you want to bench race a little bit, who would you put on? Oh, yeah. We like these, we like these games. Team manager hat. Yeah. I like the team manager yeah. game. So, Coach Rob, your team manager of KTM. 
Who are you putting on the KTM 250 factory motorcycle this summer? People may laugh at me, but I would say Oldenburg right now has got my attention. With love it. Love it. Starts. Love it. He's been able to, you know, he yes, he's hit the dirt a few times, but it, it's not been without the assistance of somebody else. But I, I think people forget Oldenburg's background. I mean, he did get that third place podium, which is great. The one thing that I love about the 250 class is neither coast is really decimated. Now, again, in all fairness, each coast only has what four, maybe five factory bikes. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, Oldenburg is on that team. Don't Justin can correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't he on the uh, Phoenix Honda team? Moto Concepts team. Oh, Moto Concepts. Excuse me. So, if you look at the, I don't know how strict or how you know how handcuffed he would be in a contract like that. But that would be the guy that has shown that he's been very consistent all the way through. And that would be the guy that I would go with because he's got a good mixture of experience. He knows how to get feedback on bikes. I mean, he's ridden for factory teams before. Mm-hmm. He's putting a bike that I don't know how much equipment is on that, but he doesn't seem to be intimidated by anybody. That would be the guy I would go with personally. I like it. I like it too. Yep. Oldenburg, I I you? hope he's riding outdoors. Somewhere. What about you two? I want to hear from you two. Who are you, who are you putting on it? I know who I'm putting on it. I don't even know, man. I don't even know. I would have to go look at, look at some Supercross finishes here to see who the fuck is even a possible. Jeff Walker. <laughs> yeah, the YouTube world. You know, be YouTube world would be. You know, who I I actually have a name, but he can't because he's got bang energy. Yeah, bang energy. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I, Jesus Christ. Um, I do have a name, but uh, I don't know. Hold his. on. This is about to be the most random fucking privateer ever. Go ahead. No, it's not It's not even a privateer. Oh, shit. It's Here not even go. a privateer. It's somebody go. that is on the other side of the world right now. I, But I don't know because I know he just got hurt doing his series, and I don't know how open he would be to coming over here. And it's a guy we actually just talked about when we had Eric on. I'd put Luke Cloud on that Luke bike. Ah. I'd put Luke Cloud on that bike. Yeah. I really would. I know that he just got hurt, so I don't think he'd be in any position to. But you want to talk about somebody that I know that if he's on a factory bike, could go out there and compete? Luke Cloud's your fucking guy. Yeah. I have been such a supporter of that dude since he's been over here as an amateur with the Grandal and Hayden Mulross. And I don't know for the, I don't know if it's just a him thing, but he has not gotten the chances over here that I think he's deserved. Yeah. Cole, what about you? Oh, oh, Call boy. me crazy. Here we go. Oh, boy. But this is who I'm putting on the factory Josh KTM. Josh Greco. Oh, wait. Nope. Sorry. This is who I'm putting on the factory KTM. Vince fucking Freeze. Oh, I knew it was going. You know, I'll be real honest with you. Vince Freeze is a good fucking rider. I'm telling you, man. So, Vince Freeze is a good fucking joke. rider. I wish He's, Coach knew that He joke. would be solid. He would get the starts. He'd get that bike up front. Mm-hmm. And... You know, an added bonus, he might take someone out, cause some controversy, and there's some more <laughs> press for you. So, Jesus Team KTM, I doubt you're listening to this, but put Vince fucking Freeze on that KTM. There you go. There we go. Vince fucking Freeze. What do you think about that, Coach? <laughs> coach is probably doing uh, his eye roll. Ar- yeah, I mean, how do you argue with it? I mean, the guy's fearless. He doesn't care about anybody. Um, he is a good starter. He, he, the big thing that I, I would be concerned about with Vince is that he doesn't fit their corporate image. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? He's, he's a little bit brash for them. Of course, Cooper Webb's pretty brash as well. But um, I don't know. You look at Dunge, you look at Marv, and then you look at Vince Freeze. It's like, you know, just doesn't work. Uh, so capability-wise, yes. I think because of, it's like Michael Lessey. You either love him or you hate him, but you can't. You can't factor him out of the mix that he's always there. 
uh, back in his day, of course. So Vince has certainly shown that he's got the, the magnitude for it. Uh, Justin, were you the one that was saying Luke Clout? Yep. I've got one better for you out of Australia. Okay. Todd Waters. Oh, yep. I like that. There you go. I like that. Todd, you're, good you're, pick. Good like pull. Yep. You're, de- you're defending outdoor Australian champion. I like that. He's ridden He's ridden with Caroli with Team Red Bull, um, yeah, with KTM Red Bull team. Plenty of experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a young child at home. Home life is solid. You know, you got to put yourself, can you imagine being a team manager trying to keep the the mental focus of a 19-year-old kid making a million dollars a year? You know, you look at somebody like a Todd Waters. He's got an established gear company. He's a defending Australian national champion. He's ridden for teams at the MXGT level. Uh, Tremendous amount of speed. He's still racing with the fast guys like Clout and... um, Dean uh, Ferris and all them. Yeah, Dean Ferris and then, uh, gosh... There's a couple other guys. The, there was a couple other guys yeah, from the GPs, a, like uh, Nathan Crawford, Jay Wilson, Bailey, Bailey Malkovich. Jay Wilson. Yep, Thank Jay you. Wilson. That's who I think about Jay Wilson, and Todd's still holding his own with him, and he might be eight, ten years older than them. But if you're a guy, if you're a team manager, and you're a, uh, a mechanic and everything else, who would you want to work with? A kid that you know is kind of cocky and, and a pain in the ass or do you want to work with a guy that can give you legitimate feedback and you know that when he leaves the track he's really going to go train and not tell you that he is oh the um, shit talking that would ensue between him jet and hunter with them being all exactly. aussies oh that'd be, yeah, great. that'd be great the shit talking on and the then, line would be absolutely epic and then if that happens you know who i you're going to guys are going to completely think i'm an idiot you know who is an absolute bad mofo on a dirt bike track Who's that? that does not race moto. That races off road. Oh, this is uh, Australia. Stick with me, Australia. Toby Price, Daniel Sanders. Oh, on the motocross track is he's a Dakar guy, right? He's a Dakar guy, right? That's right. Yep. He's the one. I had a chance when I was in Australia. I got a chance to work with him and a couple other guys for a couple weeks. He's got a motocross track, and if you, if you don't follow him on Instagram, do it, and then go look at what he posted earlier this week, where he did a moto track rebuild mm-hmm. it is legit and hmm. like when justin brayton and all those guys were over there they actually trained here's an out on off-road dude that has a full-blown to scale supercross track and a full-blown two and a half minute outdoor track and he will go full send on everybody definitely knows cardio wouldn't be an issue for 35 <laughs> minutes <laughs> exactly <clears throat> and i was talking to him do you guys remember, I don't remember what Outdoor National, and they had Toby there, and they had Daniel, because they had done so well in Descartes, mm-hmm. and they had him at one of the Outdoor Nationals, and then they let them go out and actually ride the track. Mm-hmm. When they had an open spot on KTM, they were going to give him a chance to oh, try to ride that buzz. flight. Um, who was it? Um, Caleb Russell. Oh, they yeah, pulled yeah. Caleb Russell off. Yep. They pulled Caleb Russell off. You know, He went out there and said that he had to pull out because... It just, you know, he was getting hurt all the time. No, what it was is KTN didn't want the black guy that he wasn't, you know, oh, he had a factory yeah. bike that he wasn't putting on the podium. And I honestly thought they'd put Daniel Sanders because remember when Caleb Russell was racing outdoor nationals like five years ago and mm-hmm. he was running like 13th and then he got taken out? Yep. I think he got taken out by Barsha, didn't he? I think that was at Unadilla, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You put Daniel Sanders out there? That dude will hang with anybody you put out there in front of him. He is absolutely legit. Hmm. So think about it. If you could get Daniel Sanders, you get Todd Waters, you don't think Jace with Jitsy Tail would be over here? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, then you'd you have got, to get Jackson you got Richardson. The Lawrence brothers, and then because you, like when I went over and did the the Gypsy Tales podcast, literally Jace's studio is adjacent to Todd Waters' personal, where he does all his mechanical work. Mm-hmm. Man, we just where anything he, to get Jace over here. He literally has a garage. Anything to get Jace over here, I'm all on board for. <laughs> oh, he's coming. He's uh, coming to Dis Nations. Yeah. I'll bet you money he's at Dis Nations. Oh, yeah, because hopefully Australia can actually send a team this year, so they'll have yeah. Hunter, Jet, and yeah. maybe Luke. I don't give a fuck what they do, so. as long as he's over here doing something. Yeah. Well, Maybe. all right, Coach. I told you half hour. We've now gone almost an hour and 15 minutes. So. <laughs> it's fine. No worries, man. I can't thank you guys enough for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. And if uh, when, when the dust settles and we get back home, if you guys are having me back on, that would be awesome. But I hope all the listeners that are in that Michigan area, we all know what Buck's, what, excuse me, what Buck's facility looks like. And as I always put in social media, the media it reminds me of just riding on a golf course. So I oh, hope everybody yep. that's in the area can come out. We have about eight. I think we're down to six spots. Uh, I think we had eight. I think we're down to six. I think that's what I put on social media according to our coordinator. So, and if you're listening to this, please come out. We'd love to work with you. And I can't thank you guys enough for setting it up because we wouldn't be there without you guys. Hell yeah. Well, we appreciate it. And love we're pumped it. to hang out for the weekend. It's going to be awesome. So chop, good. chop cool. it up. So. Thank you, you Coach. You got it. Well, we'll see you in a couple weeks, guys. Sounds good, yep. buddy. Right, we'll talk to you later. Coach. Have a good night, man. Take care. Bye. All right. Coach Rob, everybody. I'm bummed. Did what? I think I didn't hit record on the camera uh, that whole day. No, I was recording for a while. It just shut off. So anyways. Damn, did it get my Vince Freezy bit? No, I don't uh, think so. Fuck! So, <laughs> so anyways. <laughs> I got to refilm the Vince Freezy bit. Jesus. So, so anyways, back to my question about Shane, though. I think that part of me believes that they're possibly going to contact him at some point. Who? KTM. Red Bull. Vince Freeze? No, not yeah. <laughs> Shane. Shane for a 450 I th- spot. Uh, I don't know, man. We'll see. Well, let's let's talk about the his back, the Dungy back, and the Tyrelli thing for just another minute before I we wrap say, this up. We got wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, we so got it's 940, up. dude. <laughs> I don't know about Dungey, but I'm still firmly believing that Cairoli, even though he talks about this being his retirement tour and he's doing this for fun, he's been training, he's been riding three days a week. I firmly believe he's going to come in with an idea in his mind that he can go out, maybe not win, but I think he's going to come out and he's if he gets a start, he's going to go for broke and he's going to try to win. Dungey? No, Cairoli. Dungey? I don't think so. I don't think Dungey's got shit. But Cairoli? I think that in his mind, I think that he thinks he can still beat these guys because he was just battling for a world championship last year. I don't care how old he is, but um, yeah, we'll who are you guys' winners for Salt Lake? Yeah, let's wrap it up with that. Yeah, Jason Anderson wins out. Okay, so that'd be seven. He'd be tied with Tomac on wins. Yep, I think he he's chasing that money, getting them wins bonuses. Hmm. Um, Hopefully his win bonus is worth a shit. It'll be either him or Sexton. I think that take the win in Tall Lake. Okay. Um, two fifty class East West shootout. I think Hunter Lawrence keeps the streak going. Okay. To Lawrence battle at the front. I don't think it's gonna be a Lawrence battle. I think no, it's gonna no. be. I think it's gonna be a Hunter Lawrence Austin Fortner battle. Ah, oh, I forgot about Fortner. Fortner win. Sorry. All right. Weird. All right. Here we go. You guys ready for this? Okay. Boy, you boys ready? David okay. Foley. Salt Lake. Fuck that guy, and he even got on with Verb Moto with Kyle Colling. Jeremy Hint. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> they did a whole black and white, like, 
him in the test track. Oh, one that's day. racist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Jesus. Here we go. Don't make a Jeremy hand joke either. That's not funny. Malcolm Stewart. Because <laughs> you just want you just want to hold on. You got to win. You really want to hold on with the black and white thing. Uh, Shut up. Jesus literally, Christ. literally, he's black and he wore white gear. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Stewart wins four fifties. Okay. Hunter's gonna win the two fifties. Okay. Jet's gonna come in second. And okay. Fortner is going to be third, and Craig's going to be on the ground crying. All right. So, do you want me to be my realistic or what I really would hope happens? No, I want you to be realistic. Realistic. As fuck, All right. So, I I'm think trying to wrap this up. I think Anderson wins. I think he does win out, and I think uh, I think Fortner wins as well. My Kawasaki sweeping. My uh, well, I called it. Brooms I called, out, boys. I called it in Foxborough. Get I called, them I called out, him boys. in Foxborough. Uh, what my heart would want though is Marvin Muscan and Hunter Lawrence. Yeah, that'd be cool. So yeah, that would be that would be my heart, but I I just think it's going to be Forkner and, and Anderson. Cool, sick. All right. All right. Well, this has been show two hundred. We went sorry long for here. the technical difficulties. Yeah, sorry for the technical difficulties. We're still working out the new studio space here, so yeah, I'm trying to figure out where the. Stuff. I brought my own camera this time to work on some cutting some shit up and be a little more active on the fucking socials. Yeah, something like that. We're good on the Twitter. Make though. sure you charge the battery next time, though. I know my camera. That was a game rookie is... fucking move. Whatever, dude. It's like forgetting the battery. <laughs> like, didn't charge it, forgot the battery. Oh, it's like doing, put a the memory it's card like doing a whole bit with one of your guests that you need to value his time and not hit and record. Yeah. That, hey, we have not done a whole set. So, anytime we've done part of a set, it's fine. Anyway. All right. This has been Show 200. Thank you, boys, for coming in. Thank you, Kevin Appreciate Morans. Thank, thank you, Eric Grandal, and thank you, Coach Rob. We were, we were gonna call Kev back, but I'm fuck I'm that. Done. I gotta go home and eat dinner. Yeah, I gotta go home and eat. You are home. I'm, so gotta you gotta walk, walk outdoors. I gotta and walk go that to way. Home. Yeah. So thanks to our sponsors for coming on board with us. Thanks to everyone for watching, participating in, and listening to 200 shows of Holy us fucking shit. morons talking. 200. Here's to 200 more. Maybe. Links for everybody that sponsors us in the descriptions below. And we will be back next week to uh, wrap, wrap up, up the season. Supercross season, wow. which is a fucking... Uh, it's oh. wild. We'll talk about that later. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> we'll be back. Later. Later.